This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Paul is the reason we can't have nice things. It's, it's true. Uh, we party with a bunch of high school kids in a basement as we talk about 2019's Ma. And we find out if Paul is part of a complete breakfast. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where you try to take over the world one listener at a time. I'm Paul, and to my left is... It's Steve. He's back. He's back from assignment. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so I was in Afghanistan for a week. So, yeah, secret oh, ops. It's going to get really heavy this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Taylor failed his audition, so he's no longer <laughs> allowed back on the show. No. No. Thanks again, Taylor, for subbing in. We had a really fun talk about the Wicker Man. And, uh, you know, Steve Steve was missed, but, you know, as I, as I said, anything that went wrong was his fault last week. So, yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed listening to the show and not having to hear my voice, so it was nice. <laughs> Uh, and thank you, Taylor, for filling in. Um, you know, if should the occasion arise again, please uh, come come back on. Actually, maybe I could actually be on an episode with him as well. well or but... I could just be gone, and you guys could just run the show. Fine. Like, I'll be but like, we'll still do it at your I'll, house. I'll, I'll be like on the couch, like just like on my deathbed, <laughs> eating like chicken soup and like death warmed over. And you'll be like, "Okay, we're going to record." I'll be like, "Okay," and like just you know, you come out and be like, "Show went real well." It's like he's dead now. Like. like <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. And so <laughs> this is going to be, a, I was about to be a horrible transition. I was going to be like, <laughs> speaking of not a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, how do you, how do you, uh, shave this cat? So, uh, this past weekend was retro invasion weekend. Um, that, that Steve and, and Ryan, uh, you know, both of the science slasher, if you guys are not familiar, uh, they had their table and were trying to peddle their wares to the public that would come in. Yes. Um, and there, you know, there were some positives for the convention in terms of the guests that they drew, and there seemed to be a lot of eager people that wanted to, you know, actually partake. Uh, like in terms of vendors and people you know, yeah. coming out for all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, aside from that, and also me inadvertently trying to sell stuff to one of the the, the guests at the show, that I didn't realize that was going on until Steve's like, you know. Like, this is a famous person. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> then they have money. Can they buy your book? That's yeah. not what I said. But Yeah, uh, Ari Gross, who uh, you might know from uh, House 2, The Second Story, and uh, he was on Ellen, I think, is probably his bigger claim to fame. So is House 2 the one with John Ratzenberger? Yes, because um, George Went is in the first. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't realize that. That's pretty great. So yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen House too. It's been forever. Clearly, yeah. since I'm just like, oh hi, so and so. Look at all this stuff, and then you're like, oh he's he's known. I'm like, oh. Never mind. Like, <laughs> well, it was very nice. Like he he was you know standing there and and you were giving him the sales pitch and and I was like, well, I should I should I just sit, like put it down on front street like hey man this you should, is a you should have been like here's my first book and this other one we just put out right now what you might want to say is the second story <laughs> and then wink at him because that's, what, you that's ryan, what house two was right it was house two the second story ryan i don't know if ryan knew who he was either and i'm like i'm like guys we, we've got a celebrity at the table and you're both like what oh. 
and you I, still I, tried to, your pitch though. You were like, you should check this out. Yeah. And, um, but well, he was he was very nice. Shook his hand. Yeah, um, and you know, and I shook his hand too, and I felt bad. It's just one of those things. Like I'm sure that they they appreciate like genuine like niceness as opposed to. I don't know, like just me kissing their ass. Well, not even that, but I'm sure that if people do recognize them, be like, "Oh, hey, so and so, you should come over. Oh, get a picture. Could you? Could you just say a few nice things about my table? Could you sign? Like, I'm right. sure that there's people try to get like their, you know, their pound of flesh sometimes with the situations, and we didn't do that. So yeah, that's um, that or, is or four dollars. We didn't get to get that either. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, I tried uh, coming and, and helping uh, with with uh, the the advertising and the the the, the peddling of the science slasher. Um, made sure made sure that the guys had full like snacks and caffeine because that's what you do. And I brought like giveaway stuff that we've had here on the show that we've not quite given away. And I was trying to entice people like, hey, if you buy some of the stuff, I'll get you I'll get you something out of these loot crates that we have. That was so that is I established the deal as like you guys buy things, you'll get those things which are great, and then you can get another thing like a no additional for cost yeah. for free. And then there was a, a dad and son that I was showing them all the stuff, and the kids like, yeah, I don't want that, I don't want that. Then I bring out these like cancuzies, like slurm cancuzies. Yeah. The, guy, the guy's like, well, I'll take those. I'm like, okay, great. So what do you, you know, what books do you guys want to get? And, and they're like, oh, we'll be back later. And then they walk away with the goddamn koozie. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that is not the deal. Yeah, you had set up that these were free items that they could get if they bought, if they made it. Just a like an enticement, yes. like, you know, like, because not, I mean, the product stands on its own, but I was just trying to kind of grease the wheels a little bit just to, you know. No, no. I know. mean, if you tell somebody they're going to get something free for buying and Additional, it's something yeah. that they're interested in, like, yeah, I mean, that usually sweetens the pot or the deal. Um, you know, I I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was a miscommunication that he misunderstood us or if he was just like, thanks I, for this. I, I know for I you talk guys. fast, but they were never going to buy anything anyway. And I feel like, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, great. You took something from me. And then, so then later, um, again, that, that just like, that never happened. Like no one else like bit upon my treasure, treasure box of goodness there. Right. <laughs> then as we're like, kind of like things are like, I was there until about midday and I wanted to stay all day, but the foot traffic was just not there. Unfortunately for what the expectation was, you know, it's a, it's a con, like it's a, it's a pop culture. It's like, though this one was more steeped in like, like TV and other movies and not necessarily horror. Yeah. It, it still felt like a horror vibe. Through the whole, for the most part. Well, there were, there were, yeah. I mean, I would say most of the vendors, I mean, there was a good mix of vendors because I, I got some, um, some toys. I got some, um, DC superhero figures from, uh, the 89 release of Batman that were released by Toy Biz. I got an a really Aquaman, ripped Riddler, a really ripped Riddler, Hawkman, and, uh, who's the fourth that I'm missing? Oh, uh, no, Hawk, Hawkman, Green Lantern, Riddler. And uh, Green, Green Lantern. Did I say Green Lantern? No, but you said that the Riddler was basically, you think, a repaint of Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah, he's essentially just a repaint of Green Lantern. I just want to be like, you know, riddle me this, Batman. Who who has tickets to the gun show? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. um, so, no, like, so there, there was some interesting vendors there. But, uh, there, yeah, yeah, I mean, there was there were some great guests. Um, artist Gary Pullen, who's a, a horror artist. Um, does amazing stuff. Uh, you'll see a lot of Mondo prints from him. Mm -hmm. um, I bought his book. I was very much looking forward to getting to meet him and talk to him. That part was awesome. Joe Bob Briggs was there, who yeah. was $10, I think, for an autograph and giving free pictures. Yeah, like, it, for, for what we've been talking about recently in terms of like the um, the bar set for entry to get to some of these people, Yeah, this was really, really low. And, and I think he understands like that's... 
that that's his people. That's his bread and butter, you yeah. know, like, and I don't think he's here to make a ton of money. I think he's here to make enough and have the experience of talking to fans. Yeah. And I'm just, I thought for sure, cause I'm seeing a lot of chatter online about his appearance at the Capitol in October, which yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm excited about that. I think I'm going to be going to that as well. Um, but at the same time, I was like, why, why, wow. There's a, a very easy way to meet him and actually get a and, moment to talk to him because sometimes with the like the, the theater stuff, yeah, it could probably be very hit or miss. I mean, I still have a feeling that he's going to stick around, and talk to everybody sure. that wants to talk because that seems like the kind of guy he is. But yeah, uh, this seems like like uh, uh, friend Rich who was just on two episodes ago talking about Death Wish. He he came to the show specifically to meet Joe Bob and and El Goro from Talk Without Rhythm stopped yeah. by and uh you know um, paid homage to you and then bought some of your wares and he did not get anything <laughs> out of the free loot crate box. He didn't, but. No. That was he be- didn't know that was on the table. I'm sure he would have. Uh, <laughs> There's a free up. set of ear soaps. <laughs> yeah, uh, just I'll, waiting for you. Be, I'll just mail him. I'll take him out of the package. <laughs> and just mail them to him. Like just some some, some Walking Dead. You know ear, what? Soaps on a, like soaps on a rope, but it's ears. Perhaps that should be whatever the prize is for the next like next. Oh, uh, I don't want. I don't want to win or lose then because I've been trying to get rid of these goddamn things forever. <laughs> like if you guys remember back to our Odd Mall episode, I was trying to give them away, and my wife came up and asked a question, and then she got to pick a thing, and she picked it because she wanted to keep them. So I've I want these gone. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if I have to sandbag that competition or win it, but uh, <laughs> so yeah. A- anyway, um, it just—I know that this this was a big a big deal uh, for for you and Ryan because it was a, a show that was relatively close to you guys. Like you could drive there like 10, 15 minutes or however long it was. It wasn't yeah, that far away. This is like fifteen minutes, and it didn't require like hotel stay and like this big. Like it was a good like like convention to have in your backyard. Yes. Like, and it was, you know, those are fun. Like, like I would even argue cinema wasteland in terms of attendance. Like it's in our backyard, so we can go to that. It's not that mm-hmm. far away, but some of the other cons are like, they're like a big investment. So this seemed like this would be like sweet. A lot of like things are kind of lining up and I don't know what happened, but it just, it didn't land. And then, so then later in the day, as I was like contemplating leaving and that's a whole nother adventure I'll talk about in a second. Um, I was just kind of just we we're kind of I was kind of bitching about like well why don't people just want this stuff like I got this X Files flashlight a vendor behind me is like well I'll take that I'm like I'm not gonna tell this old woman no <laughs> and I'm like all right here you go great and it's like and she didn't even offer anything off of her table and I'm right. like really you're just gonna take shit from me but not even give me anything okay well enjoy your flashlight I hope it shines on your soul and shows the the darkness of just taking stuff and not supporting <laughs> other vendors. She'll, well, well, she's going to listen to the show now and be like, I like that guy. And <laughs> now I'm going to just cast that tiny flashlight into the darkness and never see it again. Well, yeah. I mean, there was there were a lot of vendors who were unhappy um, just in the attendance of the show. Um, I was fortunate enough that I, uh, you know, Ryan and I did not have to pay for a hotel. It was close. Um, you know, but there was still a table cost. There was uh, still money put into... Uh, getting comics made to have to sell at the show. Um, and I want to thank anybody who did stop by and buy. I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm, you know, um, rous- rousing about, about no, uh, I, I think, my like, sales. It, I just, I know you're not going to, but I think, I think that there is, I think you're entitled to, to say that you, you wish it would have turned out better, but you are thankful for those that supported you. I don't yeah. think I think you can still say that you were not happy with certain aspects and still be grateful for those that supported you. I think that's I think that's valid. I think that's accurate. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what switch has to be flipped. I don't like and we talked we were talking about this before we started recording. 
um, with, with, you know, with your product. And then like, I know I've tried, you know, just getting business cards out about the show and giving away stickers and everything. And it's like, I, I don't know what the magic bullet is because like, I'll hear people around me at work talk about all these podcasts they listen to. And I just feel like all of a sudden it'll just cut to me in like a, like a French silent black and white film. <laughs> and it's just like darkness and sadness. And I'm just smoking a long cigarette, like haggard by years of being brokenhearted. And no one, no one's giving me the time of day. And I don't know. You know Elfin, like at the end, like at the La Fin. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you got to do. Like you guys put together an anthology book. It's called, it's um, beyond, beyond sunset. sunset. I, I about called it just after sunset. I'm sorry. Uh, it's so closely aligned with another Stephen King property. Um, <laughs> and, but it's like you guys have two books now, and like you know the one's the anthology. So like even if you know you're wanting the continuing story of the slasher, you can still pick up this other one. It's like you like like you guys put that together relatively quickly, got it published. It look and like the cover's great. It looks it looks slick. I don't know what people. For coming to a convention that is steeped in nostalgia, I get that there's a certain amount of like, it's a thing I know, I love it, I'm comfortable with it, I want more of that. But how could you love something if you, like, you love the things because you're exposed to them once? Yeah. So how can, where where does that line get drawn of like, okay, I guess I guess the, the ship's full, I can't love anything else. Like, I don't know where that's at. And we've talked about, I know this is going to be a topic we, we, we beat like a pinata. No. Uh, but <laughs> it just, I don't know like how to ignite that spark in somebody to be like, you can try something else too. Yeah. Because if you didn't try X, Y, Z the first time, you wouldn't know you're a big fan of it. And I think that actually will tie in directly about the film we're going to talk about with Ma. Yeah. About some people's initial reactions to like, they're wanting, wanting to see it. I don't know. It's a tough nut to crack and it just drives me nuts personally. And it, it frustrates me because you and Ryan have put out a great product and you had this wonderful table set up. And it's like it wasn't like it wasn't like you just had like um, just a table without a cover and like pizza boxes ripped in half saying the word comics misspelled like labeled you know <laughs> like it wasn't just like yeah we don't know like we're too cool for this place anyway if you want to buy shit I don't even know no like it's just you're putting the effort in I don't know why people aren't like you talk about people will bitch about how they feel like uh, independent horror isn't always represented well. Like yeah. in terms of like they want more of it because they feel like that's where like maybe the growth is is in like the margins on those. And it's like, and you're giving that to them. They're like, well, I don't know, $4, but I did buy this large coffee on the way in. Eh. Like, I don't know where that, like the <laughs> difference, like, I don't know. Or, oh, oh shit. There's a VHS of Ghoulies. I got to buy that. Like where, where's that, that delineation? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly understand that, uh, you know, that fear of, you know, going into a convention and feeling like you're being sold. Um, and, and, you know, this is one of the things that uh, I was hearing a lot about the convention as well, was that, um, okay, so I'm going to step back. Actually, there were two guests who were supposed to be there that about two weeks before the show canceled and were suddenly at another convention in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> so I don't know what, the, what happened there. Um, the ticket price was a bit steep i will say it was 30 bucks but you know yeah. I, I don't know like what the magic number is on that i don't know like what he needed to make he's already uh posting about a show that he's gonna have in november i'm gonna stay behind on this and maybe he needs to build a following for the convention i don't know um but i will also say um that it was a little disheartening that i didn't see him on the show floor at all during the convention i saw him 
in the hallway outside the convention the yeah. whole time. And I'm not saying he's got to come in and stop at every table or whatever, but I didn't feel like... I, let's, let's, let's frame this a little differently. Like, if you and I were... The, like, if, if either one of us was setting this up and this was the thing to do, I think I'd be like a goddamn hummingbird, like, all over the place, make sure yeah. everybody's happy, everything's cooking. Like, I would be just all over all the time. Maybe to the point where I'd be annoying, but, like, I would make sure that everybody's happy. Like, do you need a water? Do you need this? Like, what's going on? Like, are our sight lines okay? Like... Uh, is it appropriate to have people like walk behind your booth? Like, I don't know. Like there's just, you know, yeah. I mean, that was, another it was, thing it was that... a tight fit for a lot of the, lot of the tables, yeah. which, you know, I guess in a way that's a good problem to have, Yeah, but it's still a challenging one because it was a little different setup than what I've seen. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wish them all the best, you know, maybe the convention will grow and we'll build a following. Um, you know, and maybe we'll go back and do it again. It's just uh, it was unfortunate that this this past weekend was a little bit of a letdown. I, I think it just might be an issue of um, mixed signals in terms of what expectation was in terms of I don't know, like because again, like I feel like there's horror conventions and they have their niche. And I know you have another one that you've booked here at uh, Dark X Fest that's coming up uh, in June. Yeah, it's okay. end of June, and okay. uh, the unfortunate thing about that show is is that uh, it was announced today that uh, one of the main um, guests, uh, Caroline Williams, who's Stretch in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, she's not going to be there now. So part of the whole thing was is that it was going to be a big Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of reunion mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know. He, he well, the promoter it's, it's, said that. It's not like they can get to this hopper. So well, yeah. But <laughs> the promoter said that you know they're, they're going to be announcing a, a new guest tomorrow to fill the slot, and so yeah. And I, again, I I don't the ghost of this hopper. Yes, <laughs> well, that would it's, be amazing. It's just going to be two chainsaws and a pile of cocaine. That's what <laughs> this is going to be. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Um, the ghost of Toby Hooper as well. Like, yeah, so I, 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 I'm not. I, here I am making jokes about people that are dead. I shouldn't make jokes about because they're gone because it sucks. But it'd just be funny where it's like, oh, we we booked them. And it's just the empty chairs. It's like, no, they're there. I you made gotta that, look. I made that joke about uh, Margot Kidder like a year ago about uh, <laughs> yes, her not appearing true. at that convention the week she passed. So, well, yeah, but it was like they just canceled it. Yeah. Like, oh, she's not. She's not attending. Oh, well, why? Like, you know. No, but no. At least there's that. Like we and uh, we. I was there with you for the Dark Xmas, and you know that one. You know had it's you know every, every every situation in which you engage with the public probably has its own set of complications and logistics problems. However, I felt like there was more engagement there, yeah, than than this other one. Again, you know, I couldn't tell you why because your table location was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like it was almost like right in front of the doorway in terms of when you walk in, like you walk and take a right, you're right there at your table. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you're stuck in like a back by the kitchen. Like it wasn't like you're stuck in like, you know, uh, you know, like a broom closet. Like, oh, and the night slash is over here eventually, you know. (laughs) I mean, I was standing up in front of your sign the entire time. So I don't know if people think I was a slasher and they weren't intimidated by me or they just didn't know what the book was. But (laughs) I don't think that. Yeah. They're like, oh, look at that. It's like that guy's not going to be able to kill anybody. (laughs) Look at him. He's he's probably just killed himself. He just doesn't know yet. Uh, We'll get you a mask. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, yeah, that 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 had happened. And I tried I tried to to sell things. So I didn't sell one thing. I gave away two things. And that was uh. Yeah, and then at one point, Steve was so questioning reality. He was like, "So you never told me about your belief in God?" We had this really big like, 
And that's not a joke. He asked me about my background of belief, and we had an in-depth conversation. I don't know if it was just because it was something that occurred to you, or you were really questioning your life choices at that point while we were standing here at the table. <laughs> to be fair, I question my life choices like every day, but uh, yeah, I don't know what exactly put that in my head, but we started having a very... Uh, uh, deep, large discussion. I think about you were, I think you were shocked beliefs. by like how like I was like, let me give you the background, and I went through thoroughly yeah. about my where I stand. Believe well, I kept doing that thing too, where I was like, all right, it's noon. This is when the crowd's gonna hit. All <laughs> yeah. right, it's one o'clock. This yeah. is when the crowd's gonna hit. Yeah, oh, it's two o'clock. This is when this is when the crowd's. Like, I know. Win. I know the doors closed at seven, but yeah. seven thirty is our time. You know, but uh, I mean, yeah. we we packed up by one o'clock on Sunday and we're done. <laughs> so that was so something Sunday. else that happened too. So uh, this will lead into the next part and i promise we'll get the news in a second uh a second 60 minutes from now uh so uh the tables that weren't occupied i don't know if it's because they didn't book them or people left early or no, whatever people left early there was this thing that kept happening where you turn around and you're like that table's covered in bright burn posters and stickers and they had these notes saying free take one yeah i kept making the joke that eventually on sunday it's just going to be steve with his one table and a bunch of bright burn posters all <laughs> over the place so I, I left i left early with the intent of going across the street uh because we were in west lake ohio i was going to go to the promenade theater to go watch John Wick three, and I got to the the, the parking lot. I was trying to buy my tickets in advance because it's like you know that you got to yeah, pick your seats. Seating. And every like showing for anything I wanted to do was like it was all kind of booked up in the middle. So I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie on the edge. And plus, yeah. you know my apprehension about like People. movie theaters right now, which we'll talk about that when we get to Ma. Um, so. I was like, okay, I'm in Westlake. Oh, nothing's working here. So I looked at like the Rocky River, which is like closer into Cleveland. Nothing doing there. I looked at Valley View, which is like south of Cleveland. I'm just trying to give if people don't know this stuff. And I was like, well, Valley View is relatively close to where I live. Oh, there's like a 505 showing up Brightburn. I saw all these posters today. I should probably watch this movie. <laughs> it worked. So I had an hour, an hour to go from Westlake to Valley View. Yeah. That should not be a problem. But every time, because my GPS and also the construction that was going on, I kept getting rerouted and rerouted. Ugh. And it was like this thing where I got there at like five o'clock. I got in uh, and got to see the movie. And the, the crowd was like, there was one point towards the end where something really gross happened because the movie does get its R rating in a lot mm. of fun ways. Someone was like, oh, that ain't good. Like someone said that out loud when that was going on. <laughs> I'm okay with like that one-off, like, oh, because this yeah. it's a horror movie about like, what if Superman was 12 and kind of a, a kid that was a dick? You know, yeah. like, because he realizes like, no one can stop me now and I have laser eyes. Like, like what do you do? So that like, as long as it's not like this like constant reaction, I'm okay with it. Uh, the movie's pretty good. Like, I mean, I, I have friends who have had problems with it, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like this is uh, Gunn's brother and cousin. I forget their names, but everything's like the whole everything's advertised like from James Gunn. Like, no, he produced it. It's his brother and his cousin who wrote it. Um, I just feel like they're taking the piss out of the DC films in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Aside from the deconstruction of Superman, there's a bit towards the end that is aimed squarely at those movies, and it's wonderful. And I'm not gonna like give away any of that. But yeah. it's, it's a fun, it's a fun little like thought that they did with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like it's a horror movie about a kid with Superman powers. Like what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Like, I liked it. I think you'll dig it too. Like, I mean, is it like the best movie of the year? No. Is it like a solid, like, I mean, I don't want to say it's a B movie, but I don't know. It's a horror movie with a kid with laser eyes. Like, what do you, what do you want? 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with you know calling something a B movie. I mean, I guess maybe B movies usually you know apply to budget scale and well, it had, talent, um, but what's I, I would um, say it had Elizabeth Banks. I right, think, yeah, she was in Slither that Gunn produced yeah. and direct. Sorry, wrote and directed. And it's like I mean, she's a list talent. Yes, but, but but she was in a B horror movie with Michael Rooker being a slug man right. that just wanted to eat meat. You know, like meat. Um, but uh, so. She knows what kind of film she's in too, and mm-hmm. and she plays it very straight on purpose because you can't have a lot of camp with that because if you do, then it all falls apart. Yeah. There's one. There's one person as like, you know, he he knew he was he he saw things going wrong, and it was like he could just tell that he was about to get killed. And he was just like, he's like, no, <laughs> no. Like he was just like just just like it was funny his reaction of like this isn't happening like type of thing <laughs> and that was fun but you didn't have to have that the entire film yeah um, but yeah it just and it was fun to see in the theater because the sound was loud and everything and I and it was kind of nice to have a moment after our day of trying to you know just chill I was like I just need a minute in the theater yeah so Brightburn I give it a recommendation of yeah watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Put that on your poster, James Gunn. Yeah. Like, I feel like all my letterbox, like, things I put in my letterbox app is always, like, four stars. I don't know why. I'm, like, always just like, well, I liked it enough. But was it five stars? No. Was it the worst thing? No. I I don't know why four stars. It should be three stars if I feel like everything's kind of like, oh, I liked it. I always just, I just feel bad for, like, no, I deserve more than three stars. Like, So I I, uh, proved a point to myself uh, just recently. Um, I... I I had started a list in my phone of, like, anytime I watch a movie, whether it be an old movie or a new movie, something that I hadn't seen, just so that I could look back and be like, wow, I did watch a lot of things that weren't mm-hmm. Star Wars or Halloween over the last year. Um, and I got, I think, maybe into March, and I stopped doing it. But I said I was doing it that way because I'm like, I just feel like Letterbox would be too much work. It's and not. now realizing that I can't do that, that there's probably no way I would keep up a Letterbox. No, so. Letterbox is you just. But like, don't you have to like review movies no, and be you like. Don't, you don't. You you can if you want. Like you just go in and pick the movie. Uh, either you hit a heart saying you liked it. Uh, you hit. Uh, there's an eyeball saying I've seen this before. Um, if you do want to review review it and you feel like there is like spoilers, there's a like Darth Vader head that says spoilers. You can click on that, and then when you go to log it, it makes you pick between you know one and five stars and, and half star increments, and then it can say log it or review it. So you can just log it, and then you can add a review if you want or okay. not. And and so like so there's sometimes like so uh, spoiler uh, for the other show that I do, Strange Highways. Uh, Kevin and I are going to be talking about this film from the '70s called The Manitou, which is just a trip. I, I logged on Letterbox. I gave it my rating, and my review is, "Huh, that's all I wrote for the review." <laughs> is H U H period. So like, so you can review stuff if you want to. You don't okay. have to. So uh, sometimes I feel like I want to mention something. Sometimes I don't. So yeah. So it's just do it because like Kevin convinced me, uh, uh, my co-host Strange Highways, to do it, and I'm like, because I'd get to the end of the year and forget what I watched. Yeah. So that I don't know where we got there, but you you should maybe consider it because you watch a lot of stuff, and it'd just be easy to keep track of it. Yeah, it's okay. funny. It's funny because the Death Wish movies was like Death Wish one was like like um like four stars for me, and then Death Wish two was like like three and a half. Like, <laughs> and then like Death Wish four was like, sorry, Death Wish three was like five stars. Yeah, no, it was it was like a four, but it was like you could see like it was like this fluctuation <laughs> of the same day of watching the Death Wish movies. But <laughs> your your review was just hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all right. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you were busy with your thing all weekend, and yeah, I, you know. and I did make it out to the theater to see Ma. Yeah. Actually, since I was able to leave the convention early, unfortunately, on Sunday, <laughs> I was at the movies at four o'clock on Sunday. And that was Ma. kind of the genesis of this: is that you already had you were already planning on watching the film. Yeah, and I mean, I had an interest in it too, don't no doubt. But it was like you had your weekend full. I wasn't going to drop like, hey, we should watch. You know, like uh, Ken Burns' the Civil War documentary, and then talk about it. like I wasn't trying to give you something big. And I know we just talked about movies like the last two weeks, but you know, like it's just, there's you only have so much time in a day, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to add homework on top of a busy weekend. So yeah, well, I appreciate that. And it, look, you know, it's something we want to talk about. So anyway, enough about that. I think I just about bug flew in my head. That yeah, was there was something came right. in through the window. Oh, good, good, great. Um, yeah, let's just get to the news. everyone yeah so news uh we're again now steve's back we're just <laughs> we're back at we're it back we're, to the old formula half yeah. hour of weekend talk all right so let's reload here i had an aw snap thing on my browser here so that maybe that's good. what we should rename the show is aw invasion snap. of the weekend invasion of the weekend yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like most people have two days of a weekend we have five we just yeah anyway so this is a this is a story that's important near dear to steve uh and he you it's funny because you were talking about the show yeah to ryan and i you're you're like extolling its virtues to us at the convention and then we found out today it was been canceled yeah um the sci-fi show happy um which apparently had such a, a following during its first season that they were they immediately okayed a second season and the second episode or the last episode of the second season aired I want to say last Tuesday, and then yesterday or Monday, it was announced that they are canceling the show. So there must have been a drop-off on the show, which is a shame, because the second season is just as strong as the first, and it's such a wonderfully bizarre show. Um, it's from the mind of Grant Morrison. If any of you are comic book readers, you know exactly what Grant Morrison is capable of as a writer. Um Christopher Maloney, God, I love Christopher Maloney. His his acting, he will do whatever's required of him. He has no vanity at all. No, um, like there's there's a scene, uh, that, well, there's numerous scenes where he's naked in the show. But like, <laughs> that's um, why it's called Happy because it would make me happy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really well done. Um, it's uh, really off kilter in uh, its visual style. It's got Pat Oswalt as happy, the the imaginary friend horse, who only Christopher Maloney's character can see. Um, the second season starts off with the quote unquote attack on Easter. Um, it, it goes to such wonderfully. I, I hate that I'm going to watch places. this now after you're like you like I should I. That's why we said at the beginning of the show. I I ruin everything because I have not watched it yet. Not because. I didn't want to. I just just didn't get to it, and I'm not going to watch this and be like, "God damn it!" Because you know? um, I feel like that's what happened to me when I watched Reaper. Whenever I got around to it, and I was like, "This is great cliffhanger." What did I do? Why didn't I support this when it was on? Yeah. And Better Off Ted. Did you ever watch Better Off Ted? That's one that I never did because, like, by the time I'd heard about it, it had been canceled. There's no real cliffhanger. It's just a, like an office sitcom, like mm. office, like, and it's just weird and it's fun. So. D- watch it it is it is s- s- criminally underrated um but it didn't get picked up for another season at abc it was only on for two um so yeah i feel like there's these shows that um that we champion that 
are great that f- because there's so many the pies being cut so thin now yeah. for like attention that so uh, so supposedly this one and the other show they announced that they canceled was Deadly Class which only lasted one season uh, both of those are being shopped around now to like possibly like Netflix or whatever which seems like that's the, always the go to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this for Happy. If you were somebody who was, um, and this is not because it's inspired by Evil Dead or anything like that, because that's not, but if you were looking for something to, to scratch that that sort of bold, bold comedy slash, because it's not even a horror series, but it does some horrific things within <laughs> the show, um, that sort of screwball, like, feel that uh you know ash versus the evil dead did so well for three seasons um i would say happy is right up that alley i think it scratches that same itch and uh you know obviously you know ash versus evil dead only got three seasons so um maybe the market just isn't big enough for these types of shows but i i I hope, I really hope netflix picks it up because i feel like they could do something wonderful with it did you ever watch stand against evil no, and that's I'm, I'm <laughs> a huge yeah I'm a huge John C McGinley fan and I saw the first few of season one it's fun and then I wanted to watch more I just didn't get around to it I made it through what three seasons I think and yeah. it got axed as well so you know I, I think if if something generates enough interest but doesn't continue to have that you know and maybe it is the fact that we are like oh something new and shiny and get distracted by other things mm-hmm. you know i guess if it's not putting up game of thrones numbers or well that's not true because there are shows that i see getting renewed on netflix all the time where i'm like what yeah is this? so the, like, the one show I, I kept trying to champion to make sure that would stick stick around there's two uh one was crazy ex-girlfriend which was able to end on its own terms and i I need to get back to it. I, you make I, it sound like she committed suicide. No, well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen the, any of the series. but <laughs> She it, ended it on her terms. On her terms. You know, a bathtub and uh, the razor. And that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> like She's now crazy ex-living a person because she's dead. Uh, so... Um, no, like I liked that show a great deal. It was this wonderful little hybrid of like musical drama and comedy. And I'm, I'm like partway through the second season now, not because I didn't love the show, but because I, I do love it a great deal, but I wanted to see it continue on. And it actually started building a little bit of following because it's an oddball show. Yeah. And they were able to finish it the way they wanted to. So that's good. The other one that I've been championing is The Good Place. And it's gotten picked and up for unfortunately. A I haven't watched that, so I'm I'm to blame if that gets canceled. I will be very upset, but it got picked up for a fourth season, so we'll see where it goes. But Ted Danson's just a gift. Like everybody on that show is amazing, but Ted Danson's is, is great in that. So I like, but NBC and they've been doing this thing, and I'm sure other uh, you know outlets have been doing this well because there's that um, the Exorcist show that you liked. That yeah. um, oh man, did uh, I love that Exorcist show? I think that one got renewed because of its strong like like seven day after air, yeah. like because of streaming and DVR. Same thing with like the Good Place. Like there's so many people that were watching it, but it's not the moment it was on TV. The shame about the Exorcist was is that the second season I thought was stronger than the first because the first season, you know, and you don't find this out until about halfway through the season, but it has strong ties to the original movie. Um, up until about I would say five episodes in, you're unaware that it's tied to the film. Oh, you just nice. think it's a new take, um, but you then realize some things that are happening are tied to the film. Um, like and people once start they... spider walking, and I just piss myself <laughs> out of fear. That's what happens. Well, I don't want to spoil it for a TV show that was canceled two years ago or a year ago. Um, but uh, Abby shows up and just she just starts shit talking her man. That's that's, what... that's what they should do as an Abby TV show. That would <laughs> yeah. be amazing. Yes. Um, but yeah. 
the second season starts off with them performing an exorcism in the back of a truck doing like 60 miles an hour with guys shooting at them like and it just gets crazy from there nice. and uh it was such a good show and i i i really wished it had gotten saved as well but it is what it is um you can't we can't keep everything around all the time, you know. Although Punky Brewster's coming back for God knows why, so I don't know. Uh, all you Punky maniacs out there, yeah. I'm sure you're excited. So, so there, the AV Club, uh, Onion AV Club, avclub.com. Like, there, I love going there for the comments for things because the people still. There's actually a pretty good active community there. Oh yeah, there was these people just commenting about the Punky Brewster reboot, and everyone's like, "Well, we want to know what happened to Glomer," and then someone put this entire. Like fan theory that Glomer grew up to be MC Scat Cat, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, it was this whole thing where they kept. Then someone was like, "What if the series ends with her still stuck in a fridge, and it's just her mind dying?" <laughs> I would be all in for that. That would be amazing. So yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, yeah, happy, happy has been canceled, but happy may live on. We don't know. Yeah, so, I really hope it finds. I'm a sure, home. like three years from now, I'll be like, that was amazing, and then want to talk to you about it. And be like, <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'll probably still want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So other other things that are starting to get canceled. So we'll just mention this. Um, I, I want. I hope you noticed in my notes that the the, the stories all kind of have a. Uh, the theme here, like uh, I wrote, uh, yeah, sci-fi cancels happy, and the next story, and then the next, the oh uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, the the um, DC imprint is that we call it imprint, yeah. Um, Vertigo. Uh, there's rumors that it's going to be uh, closing down shop after 26 years and um, existence. And I know I sent this to you because you know Vertigo was this chance for DC to tell different stories and to not have to worry about like censorship and content well it was also a way for them to not have to do superhero genre stories yes i mean there were i don't know how to put this but vertigo was the place that you went if you had a quirky idea or an idea that didn't fit into the dc universe and they also took characters that were firmly planted in the dc universe and gave them different spins in this line as well whether it's uh swamp thing or um uh sandman um and when I say the Sandman, there's also the Sandman Mystery Theater, which was more of a the golden noir age Sandman. crime fire as opposed to Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Yeah, because the Sandman did come out Vertigo, right? That mm-hmm. was originally published through all that. Um, yeah, I mean the I mean the things that came out of Vertigo were um, the Sandman. There was um, was 100 uh, Bullets. Why? Was 100 that? Bullets? Yes. Yeah. Why the Last Man? Why the Last uh, Man? The, yes. Um, and I feel like somewhere around the plate, the time when DC was doing their rebirth, not was it rebirth? No, New Fifty Two. Somewhere along there, they sort of seem to have lost their passion for Vertigo. Well, so the story here that I found, and also Fables, I was going to mention as well. Oh, Fables, Fables yeah, because yeah. he had a pretty big following yeah, as well. Yeah, that's that. That's like the only comic that like my wife will go on to keep buying trades of. Like, and I like and I keep encouraging her to do so because I haven't read any of it, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, no, keep buying it because then when she gets the whole thing, you'll I'll sit read down it, and read them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please, please, please go. Um, 
So, uh, what was it? A preacher is actually a vertigo oh, book yeah. as well. I can't believe um, I left preacher out and uh, Doom Patrol and all. So anyway, like, and this is all things like I think I know, but it's just in this this story. So the big thing supposedly is that uh, someone like Warner Brothers gave this big like presentation about like w- what their strengths are. And one of the heads up there was like one of the head guys for like the like trying to do like the cross media stuff was saying, well, if these books are doing so well, why aren't more of them in like TV and film productions? And basically they had to say, well, a lot of this is like owner created, like creator, like they creator owned, meaning that they work with us, but they own their creations. So they're like, okay, well. Then basically the the direction what you talked about is they're going to start shutting this down because they don't have ownership of how everything gets like you know spent in terms of like if they create something they want to make it like a movie TV show whatever yeah and these people kind of viewed it from a money standpoint of like well guess we can't own all of it so why should we keep supporting it and that's that's frustrating to me that makes me angry <laughs> yeah and um, so like and but then this is causing other other companies to start picking up the reins, which is good because that means there's still a market out there for yeah. owner, you know, uh, created content. Um, but it's just, it's frustrating because vertigo is kind of a known property. It's like, it, it's, it, if you, if, since it has the DC backing, it's like you, it's not that you don't trust the other smaller title, like smaller publishing houses, but it's like, it's DC that has kind of a weight with it. Well, it vertigo had its own weight in the sense that like, it was the place that you went to for works by people like Neil Gaiman and Warren Ellis and Garth Ennis yeah. and Grant Morrison. And, you know, I think the the gain here is probably going to be for places like Image Comics because Image, Image takes so many chances. I, I will say that, like, the best thing that has come out of Image is the fact that they will take chances on books and will not be... St- they they won't they're actually almost the anti DC and Marvel in a sense in that like when they started they focused on having this superhero because um, yes they were kind of interconnected but that's only because there were six creators um, <laughs> yeah but you know they're like hey if if we think this will sell we'll take a chance on it and I, I well, think like that, the the mantle was uh, image right yeah. we, we talked we, we had um the mantle was image yeah. uh, with Brian Level yeah um, um, we had him on the show and then also um, a little depressed boy with uh, Sean Steven Struble uh, like that's the Walking that, Dead that's you know, a well that's huge a big one. one yeah but I'm talking like this is a romance comic and then um, you know the mantle was like kind of a deconstruction of superhero stuff and it was only five issues like yeah. Um, and then what What else? Anyway, the image is still, they're going to carry the torch. I get it. And then I would even argue like Dark Horse and some other mm. companies are still, they're they're staking their claim. So I only think that this is going to make them stronger and it's going to erode DC a little bit. And I don't know. I, I just feel like if you start taking away the environment and stability to get really cool things, then I don't know how that will help you in the long run other than the fact that you do get to own more stuff in house and can make them into properties. But if you're not that I'm saying that the people at DC, when they make stuff that, that there isn't, that there isn't good stuff there. I, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, but I feel like if you keep taking, you know, creators out of the pool, then you're going to limit the output. Yeah. And limit the opportunity. So like, and there's been an argument recently. I don't know if I didn't even know this, that uh, Marvel and Disney have actually um, worked out a deal with IDW to actually have some IDW put out books of Marvel characters. Oh, that's been a while now. Yeah. Cause they, they, have, I didn't know that. And so, they have a I, whole line of star Wars books that they do. Well, there, there's a captain Marvel book they're putting out where it's her and a flurkin trying to deal with all the bodega cats in New York that are all flurkin as well. It's like this kind of like a young yeah. adult captain Marvel thing. It sounds fun. 
So I don't know if, if them just shopping out to other smaller publishers being like, yeah, you can make uh, Marvel books as well. I don't know what that means, but I still think that gives them an opportunity to tell different stories. Well, they also do a lot of, uh, and I use this word loosely, but like boutique books in the sense that, um, I don't know if you've heard of the artist editions. Um, they're uh basically reprints of comics but they're printed at the size of the original boards that the artwork was done on and they huh. they are as close to seeing the original artwork as you're going to get that's cool. um and they're they're very expensive they run anywhere between 125 to 175 dollars for a lot of them um i have one and it's the original star wars adaptation of the empire strikes back hmm. and it's gorgeous but like literally the book is i think I think it's like 18 inches by like 16 inches or something like that. It's it's a big book. I can only pull it out and look at it unless I have a full table in front of me. You can only pull out the 18 inches whenever you have space <laughs> to look at it. Yes. Yeah. But like they, they do a lot of those high-end books with Marvel properties okay. as well. Um, like there's a... Um, I believe uh, uh, Daredevil uh, by uh, Frank Miller. They've done some stuff. They've done Walt Simonson's Thor run. They've done a lot of Marvel stuff in these high-end editions as well. And then they do these smaller, um, again, younger readers titles, you know, uh, for Star Wars. And now you're saying Captain Marvel. And um, so it's interesting that, you know, Marvel is focusing more on their... You know they're superheroes, but at the same time they're they're letting a company like IDW who can take the time and give the care to these other things <laughs> do it and have a licensing. I'm sure there's some sort of licensing fee of course, involved. Of course, but, but I mean it's, it's an interesting them, choice. Yeah, know? I think and so, but I think taking away avenues to put out content and. and I mean, my God, Warner Brothers owns DC outright. So if they have to share some of this with the creators, heaven forbid, you know, like you're still, you could still make money, maybe just not all of the money. Like, it's just, so, like, okay, I, I know that I'm going a little off base here, but this just. Uh oh, here it comes. Hot no, take, Steve. It's not, a, it's not a hot take, <laughs> but um, do you know who Alan Ladd Jr. is? I've heard the name, but okay. Yeah. Alan Ladd Jr. was a film producer um, and film guy who worked at 20th Century Fox. Was the only guy who believed in Star Wars. Okay, um, Star Wars comes out. It makes the most money Fox has ever made in a single year. It's at the time the highest grossing film ever made. They fire Alan Ladd Jr. because they say that he gave away too much on George Lucas's deal, even though none of them believed in George Lucas or the movie. <laughs> So it's like he gives them Star Wars, but they didn't get enough of it. So we're gonna fire you. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so so okay. <laughs> that just kind of gives you an idea of how some of these companies will view. No, that that's, that's we, fair. we made seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. We could have made seven hundred and two million dollars. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> get rid of this this line that you're running. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, so anyway, that's, that's frustrating in terms of vertigo going away. So I have um, a hot take. I don't like corporate greed. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, that is a hot take. There, <laughs> everybody, everybody, just turn off your podcasts right now. You can't handle Steve's hot takes. Um, so, all right, uh, we next should do a thing now, like maybe every week, where I just come up with a different hot take, but it's it's things like, <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, I guys, don't like warm soda. Yeah, I don't like warm soda. I think cheese is just for eating and not for presenting at parties. I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> My hot take is uh, wine is just uh, grapes that gave up. I don't know. That doesn't make sense either. I don't know. Um, 
Uh, raisins are just grapes that pass their prime. Uh, that's that's my hot take. Um, all right. So uh, last story here uh, after we just talked about all these different avenues and creative things. So uh, it's funny because uh, Bloomhouse uh, or Blumhouse, however you want to say it, that, which we're going to talk about Ma because they're really, yeah. really good at the micro budget horror films that actually flip a profit pretty good. I mean, Ma was made for five million, which in my mind, that's not a micro budget, but in terms of a film these days, it, it is. is these days. Yeah. Um, and it, it made 25 million already. So yeah. it's, it's profitable. Like, and it's going to keep making its money. So, um, <laughs> the guy who, uh, what was it? Uh, that directed uh, truth or dare for yeah. Blumhouse, Jeff Wadlow, He's supposed to direct um, a, a film supposedly about a Magic 8-Ball. So you, when I texted this to you, you had seen Truth or Dare. Yeah. I, I was, this is a hot take? So, <laughs> it's not a hot take. I just I was really excited to see Truth or Dare. I thought the trailer was interesting. I thought it was an interesting idea. Um, and it just sort of, the execution of it's not that great in the story, and characters are just kind of there to get you through the story there's not a whole lot of development and i felt like it uh it was just kind of bland overall um so you tell me that i'm gonna get a movie about a magic eight ball from the same guy no offense i just it's not gonna be something that's gonna excite me hot take truth or dare was not a movie i liked so i i like again i always go back to the av club for the best uh commentary and then comments on it someone wrote here and like the article they said anyway we just hope there's a few scenes where an angry teen cracks open a magic a cursed magic eight ball so we can finally see what's inside we heard about a kid at another school who drank the liquid inside one <laughs> and his mom made him go to the hospital it was crazy that's the <laughs> but then if you go into the comments below um like uh what was it uh Someone's like, I'm calling it now. The teaser poster will be a human eye looking out the Magic Eight Ball's window, and then someone wrote it, wrote back, "Outlook not good." <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then someone else said, "The next thing coming from Bloomhouse is, uh, uh, you know, odds or evens." <laughs> um, but like, oh, and then sequel to Magic Eight Ball is uh, Magic Eight Ball Part Two. Ask again later. <laughs> like, it's like that's amazing. It's, some of these are just like I, I love some of the comments. Uh, but yeah, uh, so anyway, uh, I just I think a Magic Eight Ball film. I mean, in the sense of like, it's the cursed object. And you're like you've had what was the, there's the Ouija films. There's all this stuff. Like it's just yeah. I, I that's what I'll say about Bloomhouse is is that like God God bless them because they will put out all kinds of different genre movies and they'll do it for cheap and make a lot of money. But they do it for cheap in a smart way. Yeah. Like I'm not saying I like all their output. That's I mean because there's never any in any single You're like pro like producer that I, I've loved every like in terms of distributor yeah. or whatever. Like that's you know they're not it, doing asylum type pictures. That's what I was gonna say. They're the anti anti asylum in the sense that they'll put enough money into something to make it like you know look good and be good and get right talent in there to do it but they're not going to overspend yeah. you know and so i think and again i'm not a hollywood producer i don't work for a blumhouse so i don't know how all this wait works. you're not a hollywood I'm, producer it's yeah. the only reason i'm friends with you yeah i kept telling steve i was like yeah yeah that slasher thing we'll make it into a book i mean into a movie it's fine you just got to work the local uh, convention circuit first <laughs> steve you got to sell 20 books and then we'll make it into a movie uh so no um no, it's I, so even like the recent Halloween, which was a production of theirs or was co-produced, yeah. right? I think I think it was. Speaking of which, there was a photo released by Jason Bloom of himself and Jamie Lee Curtis today, saying that they were discussing things. Yeah, maybe so. uh, that she's going to be in the eight ball movie. Uh, 
<laughs> she's going to be in a cursed yogurt movie that makes people poop until they die. That's I'm hoping it's be. a reimagining of virus. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that movie. <laughs> that has, does it have? It has a uh, oh it's, Donald Sutherland in it, right? Is Donald Sutherland? I, that's the weird ship movie with the robot that was yeah, evolving yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I've seen it. I don't remember. Probably best that you know we should watch virus at some point and be like, <laughs> what the hell happened? But uh, no, I, I just this is one of those things where like that Halloween movie made so much money, which is good because yeah. I mean in terms of like it was a, it was a good movie and I liked it, but that also when so not to get too far off base here, but hey, you know that's what we do here. Uh, when we talk about the canon films and about how. Uh, you know, Golden Globus were always hoping for that one to to strike big so it could prop yeah. up everything else. I mean, Bloomhouse clearly, I mean, you take a five million stab at something and you probably break even on it no matter what. Uh, but when you have something hit big like Halloween, then that gives you the ability to expand and put a little bit more, you know, money in this stuff, right? So I, I think that um, you know, this eight ball movie is probably not going to be good, and, but there's going to be people out there that, that will watch it and like it enough. Like there was even that film it's that just, just came dumb out. enough that I might watch it. What was the name of that film that got dropped straight to Netflix? That was a Bloomhouse production recently, like, past two months. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it Perfection? No, it, that that just came out. Okay. Um, but there's another one that just it, it was it was one of those things where you could tell it was a deal that like it made Bloomhouse enough money to probably cover what they needed, and it gave Netflix another original. Yeah, that they so. But they're also doing their Into the Dark series on which I still need Hulu. to watch on Hulu. Like um, once they do one like uh, Bloomhouse is putting out once a month uh, like a little like independent horror film. Not independent, it's not the right word, but it's supposed to be revolving around that month. Like yeah. each each month is like you know. Like I'm sure March was a leprechaun film. That's not true. Um, <laughs> July is going to be all about a super patriot. That's you know, <laughs> Uncle Sam. You know, um, we want you for the U.S. Scarmy or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they're doing all that, and it just I, I think that they have enough going for it. But I feel like this eight ball thing is probably because I don't know who who owns the Magic Eight Ball in terms of like. The actual rights to it is it is it Mattel? I feel I, like it's Mattel, but yeah. it could be Hasbro. Who knows? Or, or whatever, right? And it's going to be a backdoor Transformers movie. Um, that's that sounds way worse than what it is. <laughs> you change into a what now? Uh, no, uh, whatever. I, there, there's always going to be a market for these. Like, like they're like, and this isn't Bloomhouse, but I just they kept showing the trailer for that new Annabelle film in front of Ma. Um, and it's like great that the, the connected conjure universe that I do not give a shit about, but yeah, people all, like if it's something they're familiar with and be like, Oh, I had a magic eight ball, what would really happen? That'd be like, Hey guys, we're gonna release a horror movie called Ruby's Cube. If you can't solve it, you're dead. That would just be like everybody, I'd be dead. Yeah, there'd be that one guy that tries to take the stickers off and move it, and that'd be like, You cheated, and that'd be it, you know, <laughs> it'd just be like, and then so Pinhead, takes Pinhead off, would show up. You know? I was gonna say, It takes off uh, different pieces of his body and then puts them in different places. Yeah, there you go. I like it. So, what other children's toy slash game would you want to see a horror film based on? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I did like, uh, it can be any toy. Sure. Um, you're like a Bespin Luke. <laughs> no, because <laughs> uh, it's already attached to another property. Um, <laughs> there's the, well, there's already been a movie called Cooties. Damn it! Do you remember the game, uh, the Cooties? Yeah, I know the game, okay. and I know, but that movie doesn't like. I've seen. I started watching it, and not because it wasn't good. Just I just got tired. I was tired that I, night. I still have not seen it yet. It looks um, fun. That's the one with um oh uh, Elijah Wood in it, right? Like yeah. he's the teacher, and it's like all the kids have the the Cooties, and they're like zombies, and there's these teachers trying to fight these kids. <laughs> I think Rain Wilson's in it. So yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. It does uh, not have a magic eight ball in it. 
Let's see. Um, I'm. I was gonna say operation. That's what I was gonna say as operation. You know, that'd be fun. Be like, Water <laughs> on the knee. No. You know. And then, like, you know, when they hit the wrong they're thing, blood like, just shoots out the nose as opposed to the nose lighting up. They're all young med students. <laughs> and they need they need quick cash, so they go yeah. into the black organ market and they just find a hobo with a. Uh, this know, movie writes itself. It does. It's better than Magic Eight Ball. Like, what about like Simon? Like, you know, people have to memorize colors and, and patterns or else they die. Like, that would be lame. But I think that would, you know, Electronic Football, the movie. <laughs> I like the title. It's just Electronic, <laughs> electronic football, football, the movie. <laughs> uh, like, did you uh, have one of those Electronic Football I did. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh. It, it was frustrating because the guys would just spin around and never go anywhere. Well, you're talking about the actual physical electronic, like with the, the table that would shake. Yeah. I was thinking about the handheld electronic football oh. with just the little dots on it. You know what's interesting about that is, is I was in uh, um, uh, Staples, I think it was, like a year ago or, or something. And uh, for whatever reason, they had a bunch of the old, like, and I know it was because of Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, somebody had re-released all those old, like, baseball, <laughs> you, um, you know those parents football. are buying it for those kids, and they're like, this isn't a phone. Yeah, they'd be like, like this like, sucks. Yeah. No, 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 you gotta be patient. <laughs> Beep. 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 <laughs> Beep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other, like, Uno, the movie. Like, you know, draw four. I feel like knives. Uno, you know, would, get, would be in a, like, a... Uh, and I guess uh, Garfield isn't really a game, but like in that sort of genre of like shitty, uh, you know, property based movies where it's like, we got Bill Murray to be the voice of the Uno card. <laughs> I know the, the film title Mousetrap's been used, but what if it was actually Mousetrap like based upon the game where it's a saw scenario where people are inadvertently <laughs> building this, this labyrinth and they're just trying to get out and they realize that they are the mice. That, like eventually you just say like why is that guy getting thrown into the tub oh no shit get out get out get out <laughs> this comes down that would be amazing or perhaps uh you know um something that's already based on an existing property like we have a saved by the bell game that we've never played <laughs> so you know it's it's oh. you know six people who find out they're becoming the characters and saved by the bell it's like a santa claus effect but <laughs> But they can't stop it. And the poor guy, he's like, I'm a screech. I'm screech. No, no. Uh, yeah. All right. So Magic 8-Ball outlook's not so good. We'll, we'll check again later. So, all right. Um, you know, as is custom on the show, it has been an hour of weekend and news. So now we're just going to get to our conversation about 2019's film, uh, the Bloomhouse production, or Blumhouse, at Blunthouse, I don't know, uh, the film uh, Ma. And now for our feature presentation. Are you going to meet a boy? No sex or booze. Okay. Woo! Maggie came to party. Let's get filthy. Got you sipping on, I got you talking crazy. Excuse me, can you buy some booze for my friends and I? Not interested. Please? Hell. Woo! There's my girl. This never happened, okay? Thanks again for doing this, ma'am. You guys want to party like rock stars? Follow me. Let's get drunk! The bar is open. What do you think? We don't know this chick. It ain't much, but it's all you. Cool basement. You're free to do whatever you want down here, but nobody go upstairs. This is so sick. Welcome to Mars. What? Love Ma. 
it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> How did she get our numbers? You know where the party is. Mm. Those earrings are beautiful, Maggie. You got a sweet mama, huh? Who are you with? Just some kids from school. You have a boyfriend. <laughs> Men are dogs. There's something off about Ma. Seriously? She's harmless. And her basement's pretty much the best drinking spot in town. We can't go up there. Shh. for these earrings. What happened last night? You don't remember, do you? Are you guys mad at me for something? I don't want to hang out at Ma's anymore. Don't make me drink alone. Don't make me drink alone. Max, I want you to meet someone. Nice to meet you, Maggie. We went to high school together. Why is my son? He smelled just like your daddy. Spending time at your house. Hey, guys. That bitch is crazy. Probably something wrong with me. How does it feel to be on the outside looking in? Let's get this party turned up. What are you doing? This is the most fun I've had in a long time. So yeah, uh, the the film Moss. So Steve requested that we play the trailer um, before we talk about it, not because we need to identify the film, but you you were talking about and before we get into it a lot that you one of the things you heard people were saying something about the trailer. Yeah, well, I just wanted to mention too that uh, the line in the, the trailer where the girl is like, "Let's get drunk." Uh, that's how I start every podcast off. Right before we start to recording, it's just me yelling, "Let's get drunk!" Yeah, here, and then we start as I open this. There we go. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'll take a drink. Uh, no, one of the things that I was seeing commonly in some of the horror groups that I'm a part of is people were essentially saying like, "Oh, the trailer gives the movie away. I'm not going to bother seeing it." And I, admittedly, that there is a problem right now with with trailers that give away too much of a film's plot. But I do not think that was the case with this film. And I think that disregarding a film entirely just because you think you saw the movie in the trailer, I don't know. I mean, you really won't know until you see that movie. Yeah. So, like, it's it's it seems odd to me to be like, oh, they showed it all in the trailer. I'm going to wait or I'm not going to bother seeing it. And I understand apathy when it comes to or not even apathy, but being upset when it comes to, you know, a trailer giving away too many good moments in the movie. But at the same time, if you don't see that movie just because you think you know what's happening, then you're going to be closing yourself off to a lot of films. So here's my hot take on that. I, I told you I was saving this for yeah. the, the show. Um, I think that is a a statement people will say like out like both sides of their mouth where it's like, oh, I've already seen this. I know what's going on. But if you're part of a horror community, and th- th- this is me, like you guys can judge me appropriately. I'm going to bet that 95% of the films that you watch, you probably know what's going to happen in them because you love horror. Yeah. And then and, and like, and it's a coin flip about the ending. Is it a good ending? Is it a bad ending? You know? So if you're like, Oh, I've already seen everything. It's like, okay, well that seems a bit hypocritical because like they showed a trailer for, um, Oh, that, uh, uh Alexander Aja movie crawl mm-hmm. in front, in front of the, the, for this film. And it's like, Oh, it's a flooded Florida area where people are like, are getting like, you know, stuck. And then there's alligators. Well, I'm going to bet that the characters, some of them probably get out or they don't. <laughs> 
that's you know you guys can yell at me later but you spoiled that film for me i'm like either the the gators get fed or they get dead that's what i'll say that's my that's my uh, crawl guarantee well i uh i got a trailer for the sequel to 47 meters down 47 meters down two i think it's called really it's not called 48 meters down no i think it's like 40 47 meters like caged to something or other maybe it's like caged they didn't call that film 50 meters down to be like you know what happens at 47 add three like (laughs) but uh i can guarantee you that like somebody's getting eaten by a shark in that movie you know uh (laughs) i mean as opposed to like you know like a nicole kidman romantic comedy or whatever like that may not happen well, like you I'm know, betting in the long shot with Seth Rogen and uh, <laughs> Charlie Theron that there's not a shark attack on that. I don't know, but it would be amazing if that's how the film <laughs> ended. It's like I love you. Oh shit, a shark! Um, oh, but before we go forward, I just got to say because this movie just came out like, like like what two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Uh, it came out this weekend. It came out this past oh, weekend. I don't know time, but anyway, here we fire this off. Do you know why they are called spoilers? And since Alex, Alex Trebek is doing well and he's beating cancer. That means even more. You need to yeah. respect the Trebek if you don't want this film spoiled, because I feel like some of this we're going to talk about, and I don't yeah. want to ruin it for you guys. Because yeah, the trailer does give away some of the. the th- but I'll say this: the trailer gives away some of it. Um, I kind of wish the one instance um, where you just see out and out malice happen in the trailer. I wish that mm-hmm. would have not been shown there because it's so sudden and fun when it happens in the film. Otherwise, I think a lot of what's shown in the trailer is kind of shown out of context, so you still get a vibe for the film, but you don't understand how it's put together. Right. So what you may think you've seen and know, you don't know. And I would also argue that there's an entire character that's left out of that trailer that you won't meet until you see the movie. Um, I, I The want- girl passed out on the couch. Yes. <laughs> no, um, you know, we, we come to find out throughout the film, and again, spoilers, that Octavia's char- Spencer, Octavia Spencer's character has a daughter um, who she may or may not be sick. It's never really it's, given to what us. They call that, it, is it Munchausen's yeah. syndrome? Yeah. Uh, Baron Munchausen's. Or yes. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so, um, so you, you know, you and your wife wanted to go see this because, like, you know, obviously it's a, like, it's a horror film. And I mean, it is. It, the last third of it's a horror film. Like it's, yeah. it's like I don't know. I don't like attaching the word thriller because it's like, you know, you could have dramatic films, but it's like when you have people getting stabbed and killed and uh, you know blood put in places, it's a horror film. That's. I mean, you know. honestly, I think people are like El Goro has uh, uh, stated many times that his aversion to the the the, the term, uh, term elevated. elevated. I also have an aversion to people needing to classify down to a specific, you know sub-genre a film because it's just like okay fine like if it makes you feel better to yeah. like categorize it go ahead but like for me it's a, it's a horror film in the same way that like one of the things that I would say about this film that I was reminded of watching it is and I think you've seen this have you seen the original um, Stepfather starring Terry O'Quinn oh yeah it's very much similar in the vein that like it's a slow burn. You're following this character throughout the movie. You know that there's something going to happen with and this character. And they have character. an idyllic version of how things should be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the last twenty minutes of that movie are just brutal. And I, I feel like that's the same way with this film. Um it's a brief aside. I uh, that's that, that's what this show should be called is brief aside. Uh, brief aside with Paul and Steve. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to the three-hour episode. Of brief aside. Uh, no, I always made the joke that John Locke's character on Lost is going to have a flashback episode. And he was going to be the stepfather. <laughs> like, I was say, so, anytime you'd see him 
like be upset. I'm like, well, he's just going to go kill his family. Like, right. <laughs> it really made Lost a lot more fun to be like, we don't know yet. But John Locke killed his, his family, family multiple times. He and was just disappointed. Threw a phone at his wife. Yeah, it's like, you know, Sawyer is like the son he never had because he kept killing them. Like yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That's that's a good way to put it. Like like I mean, like Psycho's a horror film and it's like it's just this guy who, you know, he does he does murder people. Right. I feel like and, and just not that I'm trying to declassify this, it's just that if you feel that if, I don't know. This is this is a horror film. Horrific things happen. People people do not come out the same out the end. You know, and yeah. I think that um, just because there's nothing supernatural going on, I I will argue the logic, the straining of the reality of this film. However, um, with the initial setup of these, like you know, like these 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 kids in high school, like you got the you got the new girl in town who is always the the, the main character. So that way, you kind of see what happened. She grew up in San Francisco. Her mother got out of the small town in Ohio, which did they ever say it was Ohio in the movie? I never picked up on that, but that's what all the the production material says. Really, yeah. I don't remember them saying yeah. that it was Ohio. Yeah, they're like it's just it's by Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's house is the rock pile. I don't know if you guys know this or not. That's uh, where all the night, night drinking happens. Uh, so it's supposed to be Ohio. I just yeah. I never you you could put this anywhere. You could put this in any Rust Belt area that's had better times and people are stuck because. These small towns have a gravity that just sucks you in. I will say that I thought it was interesting, and this is just because of the fact that there aren't a lot of small towns that have casinos in them, at least in the area. Um, I thought it was interesting that, like, uh, supposedly there there's a casino within driving distance to this small town, and I don't know if they're supposed to be on the outskirts of like a major city, like a t- you know, a, well, I almost said a Toledo. Well, no, like to, be, to be fair though, or a, yeah, to be fair though, like with like the what was it they call it the Hard Rocks, you know, that's not what it's called anymore in Northfield, Ohio. Yeah, like I think you it's could probably Rocks, you know, something I don't know what they call it anymore. Um, what are the kids calling it these I don't, days? I, don't, I, I think it's weird that the casinos in our area keep changing names, like it's some kind of like insurance like fraud front or something like. <laughs> Like uh, they keep the horse- burning down and being rebuilt. Well, the horseshoe's called the Jack now, so eventually it's going to it? probably just yeah. It's been called the Jack for a couple of years. They've changed names, mm, and it's like, mm. but people, it's still a casino. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like something like uh, the Hard Rock Casino, you could go like twenty minutes south of there, and end up in farmland. So I could see how like something I like guess could that's happen. Fair. So I could see how that could be a draw. In terms okay. of like, like it works for the film. It's uh, I, I stand corrected, and it's not like that was the thing that well, like held me up in the movie. I was just like, oh, when we're talking about where it's set, I yeah. was just like, no, I'm not entirely I, sure. No, I agree with you. It's one of those things that like you see enough of these economically depressed areas that have a casino now because like a yeah. lot of states are changing things. I didn't think twice about that. Did I get the geography of where the casino was located to like the town? That wasn't important either to me. No. Um, the whole hook of like these kids that are, you know, I, I'll say this too. Like it's, it, it's been quite a while since I've been a high school student, but even though this is this whole thing of them dealing with the social media aspect of it, this felt like high school kids in the sense of like, you know, there's nothing to do here. Let's just go drive around a van and drink. That yeah. felt very much like, you know, there's nothing to do. Let's just go cause a minimal amount of trouble because what else are we going to do? Like we're going to go out to the rock pile and drink. That, yeah. that felt so like appropriate, right? So then when the hook of them you know, trying to get people to buy them alcohol because they're underage and they come across Octavia Spencer's character, Sue Ann, um, that, that was plausible enough for me. Like I yeah. like, But then the whole thing of her being like, you guys should come back to my house. It's safe. You guys don't have to drink and drive. And it gets then it just starts kind of ratcheting up of like, yeah, I don't know about that, but they're dumb kids, so that's fine. And then it kept going up and up and up. 
when you get to the point to where there's like other high schools party at this house, I'm like, someone has to know about this. Right. But I didn't, <laughs> but it's like the, the, some of the best, so like, so I'm in a weird headspace right now uh, because just did last week, I watched The Wicker Man for the first time talking about on the show. And people could argue that maybe that's not a horror film, but it is very horrific in terms of like, there's no monsters except for people and people's belief in faith. And then somebody gets burned alive at the end, you know, and there's some other stuff going on. There's a hand of glory where as Taylor said, and I love his joke, a handelabra, like that is the best <laughs> joke ever. Like, like, so I'm in this, like this, the, so when I'm watching this film in the theater, which by the way, the, the viewing experience is absolute garbage uh, for me in terms of like, I like wait, the film. Wait, wait, are you telling me that you had a bad experience in the movie theater again? I, it makes it almost sound like it's me and not everybody else. Um, <laughs> no, my wife and I went on a Monday night to go catch a 740 show on the east side of town. And uh, we went to the theater. It's the same one that we walked out of Deadpool 2 because everyone was being horrible. The yeah. same theater. Uh, that got you the free ticket to watch um, uh, Battle Battle Angel Alita. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, so <laughs> I we don't get know in why there. I thought you were going to say a hard ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, that's the same film that got you Battle. the free ticket to Hawaii yeah. with the snake full of uh, rat cancer. Uh, so <laughs> um, that's oddly specific. You guys need to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Uh, so uh, we got in the theater uh, first. The uh, the trailers broke. And the, then you saw the big like error screen on the the movie screen. Yeah. So it was like the whole thing had to be rebooted, and it would. But so it's, it's like seven forty. My wife and I are the only people in the theater, so I'm like, yes, we're gonna be. This is gonna be good. And between that time and when the movie started, at least twenty other people came in, and varying degrees of noise came in with them. Yeah. And it was just like it was a slow ratcheting of like, okay, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. But then it just became a thing through the whole film. And I looked at my wife, I was like, do you want to leave? She's like, no, I really want to watch this. Thankfully, the sound system was loud enough that it blasted out most of people. Mm -hmm. But there was one guy that I think he might've been dying in the theater. I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to point that he was just pointing out obvious things. And like, that woman, she was, She's from the help, right? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she's in the help. Oh, oh, she was near that. She was near that merman that had sex in that one movie. No, uh, <laughs> no, this poor guy, this guy. Like, I don't know if he's getting over a thing or whatever. He maybe has black lung. I don't know. But every so often, I hear, <laughs> I hear this like this this flimmy noise in the background. And I'm like, I get it. I went to go see It Follows whenever I was getting over a cold, and it was one of those things where in the last 15 minutes of that film, I started to feel a coughing fit coming on. So I was doing this like horrible thing of like biting my finger and trying not to yeah. like just start Make coughing. Make awful noises. Because yeah. it's like this movie's getting intense and you don't need to hear me go <laughs> in the background. You don't need that. So that was happening. And then as the movie got more ridiculous and kind of got off, fell off the rails in a good way, there was commentary going on. And I'm like, a little bit of that's okay, but just, just shut up and watch the movie. Like yeah. it's just... I don't know. Like I know this isn't high art, but I paid my money. I paid my money before you because I picked out seats the day before. Yeah. I got here to watch the screen break before you walked in. Just time and place. So I, I'm never buying a ticket to that theater again. I've made that decision because I Deadpool was horrible, uh, which is weird because I watched Solo earlier that day and it wasn't a problem. I don't know, but Deadpool was horrible. The theater was empty. No, oh! no, no. It was actually relatively full. And I'm kidding. Years ago. That years ago, this sounds like, like when theaters were born. Back in my day. Back in my day. Um, I actually had the greatest viewing experience ever in that theater because I caught one of the last showings in The Martian. I was the only one in the theater. Ooh. So that was great. 
I can't count on that happening anymore. And that makes it sound like I hope cinema fades away so I can just always buy one ticket. But just <laughs> we're all we're all sharing experience, right? We're going to go in. We're going to watch a movie. It's going to be larger than life. It's going to have this wonderful sound. Shut the hell up. Yeah, that's all. That's that's all I ask. How how hard of how hard is that? Like when we went to go see us there, it was just it got ruined. Like yeah. I mean, the movie was good, and same thing with Ma. Like I liked it a great deal. But the viewing experience was terrible. I'm sorry, that's not a review of the film. But to go back to what I was saying earlier, after being in this weird headspace of like 70s films, uh, there were cues in this film that felt very 70s in the sense that it was got oddball, but you just kind of went along with it. Like mm-hmm. I think I think my expectation of letting things kind of go a bit silly and crazy, I let it go more because the 70s didn't give a shit Like in terms of like people were like, I'm going to tell this weird story about people on this island in Scotland that grow apples, and they're going to burn this dude alive. Okay. And yeah. then watching the Manitou, which I just talked about, where it's like, oh, there's an Indian shaman growing out someone's neck. All right, we're just going to roll with this. I was already primed for this lady who you know, has this very like unique view of life because of trauma in high school and then how she didn't necessarily have a plan to begin with but it started formulating as she went along mm-hmm. and it got more and more ridiculous outrageous i was on board i'll also say and this is something particular to me i've mentioned this before on the show many times that i do not like vi- animal violence in in films um, like people people doing violence to animals not right. animals being violent towards people no no i'll watch bears eat people all day long um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> or shake yeah. down yeah. observation posts or roar. Um, <laughs> if you guys have not seen the film Roar, please check it out. Um, Look up the trailer. It yes, does, it's not going to spoil the film, the film for, for you. you. <laughs> like, like it doesn't prepare you for the film. So please <laughs> check out. It's from the early eighties. I'm sure we talked about it here on the show before. Check out the trailer for Roar. And while there's no real, at least visible, uh, animal violence in the film. There was always that threat of that, so I was on my the edge of my seat for that, you know, through that, like waiting. I'm like, oh god, yeah. something's gonna because happen. Because Sue Ann is a vet tech. She's a vet tech, and um, you keep expecting her to. And the main character had they have an older dog. Yeah, like, and it's like I knew that was like probably tugging on you. Like, don't don't do anything bad to the old dog. Right. And no. there was another character who brings their cat in. Yeah. So I was like, oh, something's gonna happen to the cat, um, and you know. It, it, there nothing really happens except for some of the dog's blood is stolen at one point um but just having that threat there did keep me on edge while i was watching the film um which does i guess say more for me than like because there is and i'm not going to say what character but there is a character who gets run over by ma and it's <laughs> it's a it's a final destination type kill and it's amazing oh, it's amazing um because like, i seen it in the trailer unfortunately but then in the theater when that was lining up to happen yeah i just tapped my wife's leg of like watch because even though we're being annoyed i'm like this is about to happen and it was like and it, it's like and that's the point where the movie just totally like it just just turns, it goes full bore it, just, it yeah. just turns tits up and that's it like you know like forgive the crude language but it just goes to crazy town and like the best way right it's like the hand the rocks the cradle crazy where like you've seen the hand the rocks yeah. the cradle right like whenever someone gets locked in the greenhouse and like this the glass comes down and just like shatters and rebecca de is like it's my baby like whatever she does yeah. like by the point when you get to there it's like there's no turning back and that's something else i respect about the movie is that um sue ann's character i don't think she ever expected to have a way out 
I think she just had her plan to do what she was going to do at the end and knew that she was going to do it. And then, you know, that's it. Like, I don't think she ever thought that she was ever going to keep pulling this off, which credit to the film. When you get to these big, like elaborate plans, quote unquote, sometimes you get the notion in your head that the people that do these bad things think they can do it forever. I don't think she planned on doing it forever. I think she planned on having her resolution and then she knew she was kind of out the door. That's what it felt like to me. I don't, uh, I, I don't disagree, but I also think that, like, in her brain, like, I think she just thought somehow it was going to work out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, so- just because, and and like you'd mentioned the fact that like there are certain things that happen in the film, or at least the way the film is is uh, paced and things are revealed that it's very seventies esque. But I would also say that you know, like. In the same way that Jason Voorhees has his origin revealed in the first Friday the 13th, you kind of get sort of Ma's origin throughout the film. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a little bit more staggered, but you, you get, you know, what the inciting incident is that, that kind of flips the switch for her and who she is now. And you, you trying to compensate for, like, you know, there's 30 years that have passed since mm-hmm. the thing that kind of broke her. Um, but being around the children of the people that she was going to high school with, I think triggered her. And I think, no, no, yeah, again, I don't think she had a plan off. other than we know about like the horrors that she had in her own house prior to that. Yeah. Which if you think about that, like you, she wasn't right to begin with in the sense of like high school, like broke her. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's like, so. I was reading about the origin of this film a little bit, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into this now. So the director of this, uh, Tate Taylor, who also directed uh, Octavia Spencer in The Help. So yeah. think about that. Like, they worked together previously, but that film, she ended up winning an Oscar, like Best Supporting Actress in that, and has been nominated for other things, too. That was, like, one of those big, important films, right? And, like, people talked about it. Like, everybody read the book. Oh, everybody yeah. read, like, whatever. So, um, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when it comes to this being made, Tate Taylor actually, I'm not going to quote directly from Wikipedia. He said he wanted, he had a desire to direct a film about something screwed up. He didn't say screwed up. And he ended up um, having a talk with Octavia Spencer. And she was like uh, frustrated with only being offered the same role and never getting to be a lead. Mm-hmm. So uh, he ended up um, talking to Jason Bloom because they had worked, they've been friends. And he was like, he comes to his office. He's like, I want to do something messed up. And Bloom's like, I have the script that's came in yesterday. Do you want to read it? And he flipped through it. It was for Ma, and it was supposed to be a white lady like, that was in the lead. And he was like, he goes out in the hallway. He's like, "Hey, Octavia, I got this horror film. Do you want to be in it?" She didn't know what the film was. She's like, "Yes." Yeah. Like, so it's like I love that he was like, "I want to do something weird," and she's like, "I'm on board." Like, so well, that was one of the things I love about her is is that you know she she has an Oscar. She can and and yes, maybe you know as you said before that you know there were. She wasn't getting offered the roles that she wanted, but like I give her props for being like, I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna step back. She's been in genre productions before. She's yes. uh, Halloween horribly two. killed in Halloween two, Rob Zombie's version. Um, and um, I, I just I'm so impressed that she's like, you know, got an Oscar, you know, and is not because a lot of people I think will thumb their nose at genre productions after hitting a certain prestige. Yes. Um, and I just, I applaud her for that. And maybe it was a choice of, you know, this is a chance for me to play a character that I get to be the lead role in and it gets to have all kinds of shades of color to that, this character because 
Sometimes she seems perfectly sane. Other times she's crazy. Other times she's drinking and having fun. Like, well, the whole the whole thing of talking about how her backstory about how high school destroyed her and the, mm-hmm. the peer group that was added like, because it wasn't in the original script. So okay. they, her and Tate worked on like this is what we need to do to get this this going. And it, it, and had that not been there, there would be no sympathy for her character whatsoever. Right. Um, but once you realize like just the shit that she went through. Uh, and the the horrible thing about it all is that what happened to her isn't one of those things that you could be like, well, that would never happen to somebody. Like, it could absolutely happen to yeah. somebody. And people say that there's shades of Carrie in this film. I agree. The whole being strung along, thinking you're being belonging, yeah. and then to get like turned out in front of everybody. Like, it, because there's a whole bit when... And, and to talk about it is is inappropriate in terms of, like, you just watch the movie, but... like. There's a one point where she says to one of the characters, and she's in high school. She's like, "Will you still talk to me tomorrow?" And it's like, yeah, that like regardless of what had just happened, the biggest thing for her is that she still wanted to be included and accepted. Yeah, and they just took it and twisted it and broke it. And so, again, when you when you when I say this feels very seventies ish, there's this music cues like at the end of the film when she's walking up the staircase when everything has like been laid out and everything's gone wrong. And she's made the decision. This is what I'm going to do. And she goes back into her bedroom. There's just this interesting, like, harpsichord or piano cue that happens that just feels very, like, of that time. Mm-hmm. That it's like, all right, this is not going to end well. We're, we can't come back from this. And she, she's literally made her bed and she's lying in it. Yeah. Like, I, that was, like, hypnotic to me. And I really, really liked that sequence. Um, so there's bits of that. Um, speaking of music, though, and time and place, uh, when she ends up making her like basement bar, that's like the greatest place ever to be. Yeah. Uh, with washing machine and dryer, by the way. So if you just go there, party out as a kid and just get your clothes washed. Um, didn't you find it like oddly specific that a lot of the music cues are from like 80 songs? Yeah. Which would have been probably around the time she went to high school. Yeah, I thought it was intentional. I, no, of I course it's intentional. It was, okay, like I, I mean, I completely agree. But it's like you have these high school kids, like you know, dancing to like uh, Funky Town and um, what Kung Fu Fighting. Like yeah. I think that the time to, frames to are a little them, different. Though, it's it's ironic. I'm yes. sure it's not. But a, that's the stuff that she's playing then, and yeah. it's just like it has that air of like an '80s like teen comedy romance. But this is the stuff that's like prevalent. And she's just this, like, you know, older lady hosting all these people. And by older, I mean she's in her 40s. I'm not saying yeah. that, like, you know, she's the older She's our age. old. I will say that, like, the bit when she goes to chop down the beer cans was just so much fun. Yeah. Like, because then you hear, the, like, the kung fu fighting song, and she just hits it, and then she starts <laughs> doing the robot. It's so bizarre. But, like, there's also these touches of humor in the film that I think work pretty well. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like something like this, if it was just straight ahead, serious the entire time, it would be so unbelievable on top of being so serious that I think I would have checked out. Yeah, I mean, her performance in the movie is amazing. I think that she's really, really good in the film. And actually, you know, there's not a bad performance in the film. No, not um, at all. You know, Juliette Lewis, who, it's, it, I shouldn't say ironic, it's odd when she pops up in films because I, I sometimes forget, uh, she gets a lot of more like, I don't want to say minor roles, but she's a lot of the roles that she's in these days seem to be side characters or um, not main characters, not leads, yeah. not leads. And I, I've had a love hate with Juliette Lewis, and like she knows what she did. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> no, like like I, 
when she was like younger in her film career, she came off as like annoying to me. Like, like she's the weakest part of From Dust Till Dawn for me. Like, okay. I just, I, I'm just annoyed with her, and the fact that she's one of the people that walk out the door pisses me off. And then also, like, I don't know. Like, there, there's some other stuff she was into. Like, even even the brief bit where she's in old school, she annoyed me. And it's not, it's not. Her, I, I, think, I thought she was really funny in old school. So. I think it's just because of the roles that she's given them. But then a movie like Whip It, she's supposed to play that kind of character, like the older derby girl that yeah. doesn't want Ellen. That she doesn't give a shit about Ellen Page. Like it works for me. And this having her kind of like road hard and put away wet, like with the whole notion of like I went out to California, didn't work out, I come back. I I liked her in this. So yeah, no, I always think of because uh, I I I don't know that I felt the same way about her, but I know that. Uh, when I saw Cape Fear, and that oh, was, I think, right. 90 she or 91, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you want to punch her so hard in that movie well, just because she's making dumb decisions that are threatening her but family. But even like, like um, and, uh, uh, what was the, uh, oh, shoot. And uh, I'm not advocating violence against women. I'm just saying that like you're just like somebody needs to smack her. Like, yeah, she's- but even like Natural Born Killers, <laughs> like being Mallory, like uh, like I just didn't like her. Like I yeah. like Natural Born Killers. and maybe, I don't know how well that film's aged, but I really liked it at the time. I, I just, like, again... I don't think it's necessarily her. I think it's the roles that she's given. And so she is acting accordingly to what's expected. It's just that I've seen her enough times where I'm like, eh. like yeah. but but I liked her in this because it's like whenever it, it wasn't like, I'm, I don't think she's a senior shooter. I don't think she goes over the top. I think it's just the way her, her presence is with some of those films have bothered me again. That's me. I'm sure I'm wrong. But in this, this one, I also like that like she is a character that has depth and you get her point of view and she does factor into the resolution of the film mm. but it isn't what you think. I kind of like how her and her uh, her friend from the casino are supposed to save the day and they kind of do but not really. Like yeah. I like that there's kind of that like they take the piss out of that situation where you're expecting this big showdown of like old high school um like bad blood. Well, it's interesting too because when we were walking out of the theater Kathy was like you know, I'm not sure who Juliet's Juliet Lewis's character was when she was younger. And oh, I'm like, at one point like, they call the one girl Mercedes, which yeah. is uh, Missy Powell's character. Okay, well, I'm like, I think she's the girl who puts the 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 lip lipstick on her. But I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm like, it also might be the fact that like you and I grew up watching movies with Juliet Lewis, so we know what she looked like <laughs> at that age. Yeah. So if we didn't see somebody who looked exactly like Juliet Lewis at that age, we weren't able to place her. I, I think she was the one that was the more quiet with the crimped hair in, yeah. in the back in the flashbacks okay. because I think Missy Powell's character, Mercedes, I like at one point with her her uh stepson or like whatever, like I don't know if they're even, if she was even married to the guy but she's like i'm more of a porsche guy myself i thought yeah. that was a great line and then he just he was just like she's a bitch and it's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> like he was just trying to like like you know trying to reaffirm in front of uh juliet lewis's character like he didn't like her either yeah i thought that was funny but i think she was the one that was putting the, the lipstick on um that's what i yeah, thought as well octavia spencer's character because i'm uh, sorry sue ann because i think the i think juliet lewis's character was more of like the observer and did nothing yeah. Because that comes to a head at the end where, you know, she's like, I didn't do that. And she's like, you had the power, but you didn't, you know? So, um, there, there is this, this whole thing of like, then she was like, we were kids. It's like, you're right. I was a kid too. That really strikes home for me because, yeah. um, I don't know about you, but I talked to maybe like three people I went to high school with and that's at best. 
Like I did my best to get on the next thing smoking and leave. Like when I when I left, <laughs> seriously. Like I grew up in a small town in West Virginia, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we had four stoplights when the Walmart came to town. That that sounds like it's a carnival. Just like, hey everybody, it's a circus of value, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I every time I go home. Every so often, it's like, oh, you're so-and-so's brother. I'm like, yeah. They're like, whatever happened to you? Good. I don't need to get into this. I, I was out. Like, I'm yeah. glad that I am a distant memory. Uh, I will say that it were not for the um, the invention of Facebook. Uh, most of the people that I went to high school with, I could probably say I would have no clue where they are or what they're doing. Yeah. That, I mean, even with, like, so, like... Um, the three of the people I talked to, one of them, like uh, both of them live out of state from where I'm at and they, they, they all got out. And then one of them is still there, but he's like the best dad ever. And he's had a really good life. And it's like, one of those things are like, how did, how did that happen? Like where, like where, where we grew up and he's like liberal and it's like very different from the state. And I'm like, how did th- what, you know, but yeah. anyway, so I, I don't keep in contact with a lot because I, they're, like I, I talked about earlier, these small towns have a gravity and they suck you in. So I could re- immediately relate to Julia Lewis's character of like she got out, but then she had to come back. And then she had that awkward moment in the casino where she ran into Mercedes, Missy Powell's character. And they and it's like you could see that Mercedes kind of sympathized, but it was like kind of lording it over her of like, oh, you were supposed to go do this. But then that happened. And it's like it was so cringeworthy that I could yeah. see that occurring. Like I had a run in uh, at the, the local Walmart that in my hometown once where I was talking to somebody and they start, they, they referenced me my name. And I was like, excuse me. Like I was taken aback. They're like, Oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. They're like, Oh, like, and they start talking all about all these people I went to high school with. And then it started kind of flickering back. I'm like, I know this person, but I couldn't put a name to it. Yeah. And I, this sounds so bad, but I, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad to hear that everything worked out. And I was like, and if people kind of forgot about me, that's fine. She's like, oh, no, we talk about you all the time. I'm like, Christ, what are they talking about me about? Like the overweight kid in sweatpants that read the Bible every day? Like that's not th- that's not me anymore. I mean, yeah. I'm overweight still, and I probably do still wear sweatpants, but not the Bible stuff. But So I could relate to this whole like – and then there's the generation coming up where they're like, we got nothing to do but drive around a van and drink. Like you could see that cycle happening again, so you could see that when Sue Ann's character was trying to be the cool one. Yeah, sorry, I was bringing it all back. I, I have a lot of issues with myself, uh, but uh, yeah, like I, there's a lot of this that that rang so true that it hurt. So that her character does horrific things, but there's moments where you find her completely sympathetic, like the moment whenever the one girl, oh, uh, what was the character's name? The one that was more the popular one that. Uh, Oh, um, the blonde, the blonde. Was it Haley? Haley. That's yeah. it. Whenever she put out like on Snapchat, like don't go back over to Ma's or whatever. Yeah. And then like uh, Sue Ann's watching this at like the nail salon. And it's like, by the way, I don't know why she's watching a full volume so we can hear it. But then <laughs> the old lady to her right. Moment, yeah. yeah. And she's just like, can you not do that? And she's like, you, you just shut your mouth. Whatever she says. <laughs> like she's broken, but the interaction there is pretty funny. Yeah. And I, but it's like, I feel sympathetic for her because she started building up this, like, this new identity, this new life that she always wanted and never had, and now it's crashing down. I will say there's also a moment in the film that um, just made me wonder, like, I don't know, It's maybe it's it, it goes back to who I was in high school, but uh, there's a moment where Octavia Spencer's character, uh, Sue... Um, Sue Ann. Sue Ann. I want to say Sue Ellen for some reason. Sue Ann... Mary Sue. Mary Sue. No, uh, uh, Ma. Buys... 
she she ends up buying booze for some tertiary characters that I don't think we see in the rest of the film. Um, but they then follow her back to her place, and then like as she's getting getting ready to get out of her truck, they like throw stuff at her and like you loser, ah, we're leaving. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the goose that's just gonna keep on giving. Like, don't like, yeah. If, if you she's want willing booze, to buy you liquor, then like I just feel like that. Yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> like you I'm know, like, all the crazy stuff that happens later. Yeah, you have somebody that that's an older person that's buying you booze, and all you gotta do is hang out in their basement and drink. That feels like that's the golden ticket. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's like Willy Wonka letting you into the chocolate fountain. Like, here you go. I mean, I can say in high school there were two of my friends' parents who were like, "We know you're going to do it, so uh, if you're going to do it, you're staying at our house tonight." And just you're don't drinking. swear, don't spill on the floor, and don't come upstairs. <laughs> no, no, they didn't care if we swore. Um, but uh, you know, I I did have that that friend. I had two friends actually whose parents were like. I'm not cool with it, but they're like, if you're going to do it, we'd rather you do it here, and you're not going anywhere. Well, I think that, like, I think that's that's that's. I fair. never told my mom or my you know my stepdad, but like that was just sort of their their thing. And um, I look back on it now, and it wasn't something that we took terrible advantage of a lot of the times because one of them, one of those parents, he lived out in like the boonies, so like we only <laughs> went to his place like if it was like. Saturday night, and we had literally nothing to do. Um, and then the rock pile was occupied by other people. <laughs> like, I, so this is this kind of gives you a, a funny story. Um, uh, I guess you can decide if it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I got really okay. So take a step back. My drink of choice in high school was Old English eight hundred, um, and I liked the malt liquor. And the malt liquor made me really sick all the time. Never realized. I never put two and two together that the reason I was having such terrible hangovers and throwing up was that it was that I was drinking cheap malt liquor. <laughs> but I uh, I was supposed to go on a date with my girlfriend. It was my senior year of high school. Um, it was the night before Valentine's Day. And I got hammered on uh, on malt liquor, and uh, at my one friend's house that I had to stay the night there. I got up the next morning and I had to go to work. I got up, went to work, and then I was miserable for like my entire date. <laughs> um, and I actually went a full year, or maybe even a little bit more, where I stopped drinking completely because it was like I can't drink. I'm not good at it. And like I, I'm completely unaware that like had I not been drinking just shitty malt liquor, that I would not be in such poor shape. But <laughs> I mean, if you're just when like, you've just... got two dollars to drink and there's you know sixty four ounces of malt liquor, which at the time would just put me on my ass. Um, I think it was I, the way know, I went. Yeah, I, I think you still made the right decision for, yeah. for the drinking and the not drinking. So uh, yeah, so here here's my admission, real quick, unrelated to Ma, and you're talking about getting drunk in high school. Um, I did not have a drink until like two weeks after my 21st birthday. Really? Yeah. I mean, wow. you can't tell that tonight. <laughs> and it was at like, um, at like a TJ Fridays or some, some shit like in like, uh, out in Indiana. Cause I was visiting a buddy of mine and, um, he bought me like, um, like a mudslide at that restaurant. And I was so worried that I'm like, Oh, 
there's alcohol in this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you said a mudslide. That would be the thing that like I would get like if we went to like TGI Fridays for some reason. No, like, oh, that's I'm why we're friends. But no, it was one of those things where I'm like, I can't have too much alcohol. I would always preface happen. it with, "Give me your manliest drink. Give me a mudslide." <laughs> yeah, I mean that does sound manly. It takes out all the people around it, right? So, <laughs> but I had like 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 I had like the the weakest like foo foo drink at like a TGI Fridays or yeah. something, and it was like I don't know. I just can't trust myself. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I was a little later to the whole like the the whole drinking in high school thing so and that that didn't happen but did i drive around and do a bunch of nothing in high school absolutely so i could relate to this whole like yeah okay it's a play it's a thing to do you know i could get that behind that but so um i there i was reading reviews of this film and it's been very hit or miss in terms of what people like i don't know what people were expecting out of this like mm. if they were expecting more of like a psycho thriller type of thing i think that that's that's there um I just there. This is beginning like a middling, like kind of great out there. And I'm not saying this is the greatest film ever made. I mean, it's no Brightburn, but uh, <laughs> I like this movie a great deal. I thought it was yeah. really good. I thought like this is something I could revisit. Absolutely, it was like a minute. A minute, sorry, it was like an hour forty. It wasn't like it overstayed its welcome. It kept ratcheting up, and then it just the last twenty minutes just go crazy. And like and like the, what you are wanting, like you have. Um, blood theft of a dog. You have that setting up for yeah. a horrible thing that happens later, and some graphic moments for a second that you were not expecting at all. Yeah. Um, and it's like that happens, and the whole thing with her being a vet tech, like it pays off really well in really creepy ways. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I don't know. I will say that like walking out of it, I I was like, you know, I'm like, I I don't know that I needed to see this in the theater, but I'm glad I saw it in the theater. Like, yeah, it was I, a good I, time, aside from my people yeah. around me. Um, and I think that you know, um, like if we're if we're judging it on you know the Blumhouse scale of films that I've seen, you know, I, it's certainly much better than say Truth or Dare. It's much better than um, the future eight ball movie. The future eight ball movie. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it more than uh, um, the two Conjuring movies that I've seen. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the expectation was. I liked the fact that it was a very slow burn throughout the film. I liked that it kept me on the edge of the seat. And I liked the fact that um, the last 20 minutes are accelerated and kind of like a lot of oh shit moments. What's going to happen here? Yeah, and like think about this cast. We talk about Octavia Spencer, you know, um, you know, Oscar winner. You have Allison Janney in like a thankless role as like she's the a side character. Yeah, like she's the veterinarian that's like running this like this clinic that uh that Sue Ann works at, and she's just kind of always in the the background being like, <laughs> get off your her. phone and go shave this dog or whatever. Yeah. And it's like you see her for like a second, and her. She, she's kind of comic relief because she's just bitching at Sue Ann's character, but you also get this notion too that Sue Ann's obsessed yeah. and like, and, and it builds up really well. And then like her, her exit of the movie is so like unceremonious. <laughs> like, and it's like you have this Alice Jeannie who's like, she, she, her, her star is doing nothing but rise, you yeah. know, like in terms of like everything she does and she's wonderful. It's like, how do you, how do you get her to be in this? But I'm sure she was just like, Oh, I get to be a background character. It gets killed off. I'm in, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, I liked, uh, oh, I guess the one, the one cop that gets, uh, gets gibbed like, towards the end. That was the actual director of the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that I was thought fun. he was the cop who showed up at the rock pile. 
Yeah, I th- oh, was that him? Is it maybe, the same cop? Maybe it was him. Okay, yeah. I, that's the other thing too. I like that. Like there was this kind of unspoken thing about like all these people went to high school together, and there's a yeah. bit where he's talking to the kids at the beginning where the cop shows up and he's like, he's like, hey, I know your dad. We play football together. He was a dick. I'll give you ten minutes to clear out. Like there, that feels very small town to me yeah. in the sense of like, I know what you're doing. Just clean it up. We'll move on. Like don't don't make problems worse. I'm giving you an out. Take it. Yeah. But I also like that the girls are like, no, 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 stay here and cry. You'll, you'll be like, go. <laughs> like, and then, and then this is the whole thing I talked about. The girl passed out on the couch. That was a wonderful gag that actually paid yeah. off horribly later. <laughs> like, it doesn't work out for her. No, like the girl way. was like passed out. It's like, oh, that's the, that's the pastor's daughter. She always pretends to be passed out. And it was this kind of running joke. <laughs> and then the way that pays off is like, it doesn't need to go that route, but it does. It's yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and just the whole, I don't know, like even even if Sue Ann's plan doesn't make the most sense to me, knowing it makes sense to her, like I, I let a lot of it go. And that for you know me, like if there's like these dangling things that logically don't make sense, I have problems with. Yeah. But when you deal with somebody that's been crushed and broken, you can't begin to understand how the dots connect in their head. And so I, I let that go. And I think also the performance outweighs those things. So, I mean... Had it not been in performed to the level that Octavia Spencer brought it to, then yeah. I don't know that it, it probably would have bothered you more. Yeah, because I mean, like the people that are the best at their craft are able to. to all they gotta do is just change their their gaze, and you get it. And she, there was so much she brought to this, and mm-hmm. I, and then knowing that the origin of this was that the script didn't include her background in terms of what happened. And like, I don't know if I even needed the whole side story of her being horrible to her daughter, but it still brings a color uh, and texture to the story. Mm -hmm. I was really, 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 really thinking that the daughter was actually going to be like an illegitimate child of her and the one guy from the high school, because like basically she said men are dogs. And I was thinking that maybe this would be her secret and that this is actually like his illegitimate child. But they like they didn't go that route. They just said that she had a marriage and it didn't work out. Um, I don't know if that guy lived or died. We don't know because like he's pretty like she's pretty messed up. Yeah. To have also like there's these touches of like the way the upstairs done. Like that's just it just feels weird to me in the sense of like again I keep saying it feels very 70s. It's like oh someone of course would have like slatting almost like a prison cell on their second floor of their house. Why not? You know, well, one of the other things that I saw was uh, somebody had mentioned that it brought to mind um, uh, Shades of Misery, which I think is a fair. Well, especially when she was downstairs looking at the cats. And she's yeah. like, did you touch my cats? Like, I thought right. that was great. <laughs> I, I still challenge you to watch the film from the 70s, The Baby. Um, after watch, like, there's there's moments of this that felt like that, where it's an overprotective mother that's mm-hmm. trying to put a child in a place because of how they feel about it, as opposed to what's best for their kid. Um, yeah, I feel like that'd be, a, I feel like that would be a companion piece to this film, but in a really weird way. So, all right. So double feature when Ma comes out on, uh, uh, I always say home video, like yeah, it's when it comes out on the Betamax, um, <laughs> no, when I, it comes out to, I, I need for, to show you the baby. I need to show you that yeah. film and you're like, I lo- I like that. There's things that you've presented to me that I'm like, I've never seen this before and my mind gets blown. And then I'm like, no, 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 let me show you weird. And then. <laughs> Like, like maybe I've never shown you good scary movies. I've just shown you weird movies. So I'm good with that. Yeah. So all right. Um, yeah. I feel like we've kind of danced around the film a lot. Didn't we? Didn't spoil a whole lot. I guess we spoiled some of it. But yeah. Um, yeah. This is a fun film. Um, 
go support it in the theater. Like this was a $5 million budget. I guess it's already made 25 million. So it's made its profit, but I still feel like it's worthy. Like it, like I, I was at this weird point this weekend. I was talking to you about this, that rarely is there a time where there is more than two options in the theater that I want to go see. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, at the time, before I went to go watch this, I, I was wanting to see Ma, Brightburn, which I did see, John Wick 3, which I've not seen yet, and Godzilla, King of Monsters. It's like, this is a rare time where I'm like, there's four movies actively playing that I want to go watch. Usually it's one or two at best. Yeah. So this is nice for me to be like, I don't know where to go next. So go support this. This is not going to be number one by any stretch of the imagination in terms of the box office, but if you like twisted horror with some good character beats and some fun, horrible things that happen to people, absolutely watch it. I know we spoiled some of it, but I don't, it's the same thing like the trailer. I don't think we spoiled a lot of it. Yeah. There's some gaslighting moments that happen that you're like, oh, well, this is screwed up. And then there's some, I I, I mean, if you're thinking about going to see Aladdin and you've only got one movie to see, go see Ma instead. I haven't seen Aladdin. It, I have no clue if it's any I, good. I think but. it's the same film. I just you know, I think <laughs> I think Will Smith is like, you guys should party in the lamp. And then they're all like, oh, but now don't go out of the lamp. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. The rug is a son of a bitch. That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It was, it was a fun movie. And uh, it, like fun in the sense of like, it's again. It felt like its roots were deep in terms of where it was. The humor worked. Uh, Octavia Spencer carries this. Like I could see this film easily being tone deaf with the wrong person in the lead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also there's a goat. There's a bit with a goat that's yeah. pretty great. That's just like it's just a throwaway moment of Octavia Spencer dealing with a goat. That's, <laughs> that's just wonderful. It has nothing to do with the movie, but it's a lot of fun. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got, I got nothing else. I can't top the goat. <laughs> yeah, uh, the goat is the goat. So, all right, that that will do it for our discussion about uh, Ma. Go check it out. Go go watch it on Betamax or like whatever. How Nickelodeon, however you want to watch it. Go see it in the theater and and then uh, rent it uh, uh, at your local video store when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Go to your local family video. I was going to say Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, but they're not around anymore. So, yeah. So that's what do it for our discussion there. Um. You guys can find us on Facebook. We're Invasion of the Podcast. We have a blog. It's invasionofthepodcast.com. You can read my not-so-wonderful review of Hard Rock Zombies. I, I still haven't even. i got to pull that up and give it a look. Yeah, see, Steve doesn't support me and me watching <laughs> these films. So uh, It's part of the year of, the ca- year of canon. And I was, was a, a little busy. Yeah, I know. I, I was there. I, I gave away a koozie and a flashlight. Um yeah, uh, no, you guys can check out the blog. I struggled through Hard Rock Zombies, and then I f- linked other things that I liked much better than that. So that's uh, Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, you can check it out there, invasionofthepodcast.com. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts because iTunes is going away. Did you hear about that? I did. I don't quite understand what the thought process is there. but I like that I have business cards and a large sign that says, you know, Apple or iTunes on it. I'm so great. I hope people know what I mean going right. forward. Um, but you can find us on Google Music, Stitcher, Podbean, Satchel, wherever you get your podcast. Please find us and rate and review us. That would be wonderful. And Steve, how can people find you? Uh, if you are unaware at this point that I do a comic called the Siren Slasher, uh, please go to the Siren Slasher.com. 
you know, find me on social medias, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, uh, and I'll be at Dark X Fest, and I'm not going to do the whole rigmarole but thing. What's, but what's your Etsy store? Because you have a second book now. Yeah, I, uh, the Etsy store. I uh, don't have uh, Beyond Sunset on there yet. It's going to go up this weekend. But uh, the Art of the Slash, just look for Art of the Slash, and you'll be able to buy a copy of the Sinai Slasher and uh, soon the uh, the other comic that we did, uh, Beyond Sunset. Perfect. All right. So, all right. Let's uh, let's just um, the, it's been too long. Let's just get to the game. <laughs> Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> all right. So, Paul, my first question to you is: is before we begin this game, have you been on the Buzzfeeds? Do you know of the Buzzfeeds? Well, I mean, like I see the top ten cats that are just over it today. Okay. <laughs> have you ever done one of their quizzes? I maybe like, I so I will tell you which Game of Thrones character you are or I, I never do that because I'm always like well they're gonna get my information but then I freely give it out all the time anyway so <laughs> I'm like I try to I try to live off the grid but then I use Facebook every three minutes so everything everything's taken um do you, you know the oatmeal uh, the com the, the the guy does the oatmeal.com yes he used to do like those quizzes for like a couple of different like dating sites where it's like oh what kind of melon would you be or whatever and he talked about how he would just do that kind of as a thing and then he kind of got established so yeah i know buzzfeed where it's like uh take this quiz or um you know what was it uh what level of Pokemon are you? I don't know if this makes sense, but yeah. it's, al- it's always something like that. Sure. And and I, I basically, that's a very scientific uh, version of that is the scientific the, the game that I've put together tonight. So everything here is completely accurate. It will be based on your answers. We're going to figure out which breakfast cereal mascot you are. Okay. You're going to ask you 10 questions. You're going to give me answers, and I'm going to be able to pick which... Uh, which character you are based on those answers. Okay. All right. So the first one here. Um, so you're given the choice uh, of a video game to play. Of these four games, which one would you play? Hydro Thunder, uh, Frogger, Angry Birds, or Dr. Franken? A Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. All right. All right. Uh, this one's pretty simple here. This is just a color question. Which color do you prefer? Blue, green, brown, or pink? Green. Green. All right. I'm going to tell you, these. this is not looking good for you already. Um, next one here. Uh, you're just going to pick a band. So of these four bands, which one would you listen to? Uh, a, Captain and Tennille. B, Three Dog Night. C, Insound, Insane Clown Posse. Or D, Alice Cooper. I- what like <laughs> you have four musical choices to pick I mean, from? Of, of of all of them, it'd be Alice Cooper. But that I mean, I do like Alice Cooper. Don't don't get me wrong. But like, you didn't put Godsmack on there, or Monster Magnet, or no, nope, no, nope. or Train, <laughs> or the Gin Blossoms, or Seven Mary Three. You know, like I'll include all of them in the next quiz somehow. Uh, I'll write them down when I listen tomorrow. All righty. Uh, so next one here. This is pretty simple. You're just going to choose a transformer. Okay. Like uh, so my options. Opt- uh, a is Optimus Prime. B is Springload. C is Swoop. And D is Shockwave. Do you remember Shockwave? He Shockwave was, was which He's one? like the purple gun guy. He's sort of like uh, poor man's uh, Megatron. Oh, he was the one that took over in uh, the, the film, right? The Transformers the movie, or is that not him? Yes, yeah. I mean... It's not Shockwave. That, what was his name in that? 
Well, I don't remember if he's called Soundwave or if. Well, Soundwave's the tape player, but then who? Okay. But Megatron gets replaced by who? By Galvatron. Who? Galvatron. Who but he's also of. he's a gun, a tank gun, he, right? Like he's, he's a, a he's a cannon oh, for right. all. He's a hand purposes. cannon. No, yeah. okay. Uh, what were my options again? Optimus Prime, Springload, Swoop, and um, Shockwave. But Swoop is the pterodactyl um, Dinobot, right? Correct. Swoop it is. All right. Swoop, there it is. Easy enough. Uh, for the fifth question here, you're going to pick an 80s sitcom. Okay, so if too you, many cooks. If you, <laughs> that's not an option. <laughs> if you if you're sitting down to watch TV and these are the four 80s sitcoms you have to choose from, which one would you pick? A. Charles in Charge. B. Webster. C. Mr. Belvedere. Or D. Uh, Small Wonder. Oh, Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Drop kick my jacket as I walk through the door. You got Bob Euchre, National Treasure. There, there was a time, was a, a couple years ago, I was watching the Browns on like regular like antenna, like watching through my TV, like as opposed to watching in my mind. I don't know. And I was so frustrated with the game. I, I changed it to a channel down. It was a rerun. Of course, it's all rerun, but it was Mr. Belvedere. I'm like, I will watch Mr. Belvedere. It's on. I'll yeah. watch it. Hey, Mr. Belvedere isn't like like losing to the Steelers, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so next one, pick an alcoholic beverage. Or I should say just a beverage, because one of these is non-alcoholic. It- um, so Captain Mor- A is Captain Morgan's and Coke. Uh, B is a grasshopper. C is a chocolate martini. I should have made that a mudslide. mudslide. Uh, and D is a Shirley Temple. Uh, it would be a Morgan and Diet Coke. Morgan or, and Diet or Coke. Coke Zero, because I'm right. a man. All right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. This next one here is pretty simple. You're going to just pick a vehicle. Uh, so which one of these would you choose? A boat? A is a boat. B, an amphibious car. C, a helicopter. Or D, a dragster. A jet truck needed to be in there, but you didn't include that. So I'm going to use the amphibious car. The amphibious car. Yeah. All I right. still feel like a jet truck should have been in there. <laughs> or a copter van. That would have been the other <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. uh, next one here uh, is uh, one that's close to my heart here. You're going to choose a Scrubs character. A. Oh, shit. Okay. Dr. Cox. Okay. B. Turk. C. Elliot. Or D, janitor. Oh, oh, that's a tough one. Like, which one I prefer the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the one that, like, I mean, would I want to get with Elliot and the janitor? I mean, that, that feels like that's a thing that's going to happen. Um, but Dr. Cox is like the sarcastic son of a bitch. I, ugh. I'm going to just pick Turk, because Turk, I feel like him, I would hang out with him and Rowdy. <laughs> Stuffed dog, that'd be great. You, you can't go wrong when you're hanging out with Rowdy with, with uh, Turkleton. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you think my name is Turk Turkleton? <laughs> yeah. Oh, who was who's uh, Kelso? Doctor Kelso. Doctor yeah. Kelso would always call him Turkleton. <laughs> I love it when he shows up and is as uh, he's drunk at his wedding. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's Mister Turkleton and Mrs. Turkleton." <laughs> I still feel like it, the the whole bit like later whenever um, JD makes cookies. <laughs> There's a whole like beginning of the episode where he makes like chocolate chip cookies and Turk Turk's wife is out of town 
and they 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 know that Turks would come over and steal all the cookies because he's diabetic and he needs like sugar and his wife won't let him have it. And then so JD lays out the 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 the, the keyboard on the ground <laughs> that's very very much like the keyboard from Big. Yeah. And there's a bit where him and Elliot are asleep, and all you hear in the background is. <laughs> so you hear Turk break in, run across the keyboard, grab the cookies, and run out. It is it is the greatest like like tell but not show joke. Yeah, I, like I love that moment. All righty, so this Sorry, next continue, one here, please. we've we've gone from scrubs to fruit. Oh, so uh, of these fruits, which one do you prefer? A, an orange. B, an apple. C, a banana. Or D, strawberry. 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 All right. This is all scientific. It's very scientific. Um, and what's interesting is, is your answers are like across the board. So I'm going to have trouble figuring out what your actual uh, what your actual icon um, or your mascot a, I'll is. Be, I'll be a yummy mummy. That's what's going right. to happen. This last one here, I know what you're going to pick already, but oh, I have well. to give you the chances and choices anyways. Pick a John Carpenter movie. A, Christine. B, Mouth of Madness. C, They Live. Or D, The Thing. Oh, shit. That's tough, though. Uh, I, the, the thing is the greatest goddamn movie it's ever made. However, I feel like Christine doesn't get enough love. Yeah, I know you've got some hardcore love for. Uh, How do you Christine. feel about Christine? I like Christine. I have it in like a four pack uh, of other car movies. No, it's like Christine, the remake of The Blob, um, uh, 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 Fright Night. And then I, I think the fourth one is like the seventh sun. It's a Demi Moore like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, seventh, seventh sign. sign. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm. I, I got to pick the thing just because. But Christine, I don't know what we're going to do for for October. But I would love to talk about Christine. I, I think. I'd talk about Christine. Should, I like should we, Christine. Should we do a Carpenter October? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like then maybe that's well worn path. But there's some Carpenter stuff out there I've I've not gotten to or. I feel like I've not watched The Fog all the way through. Maybe we should get to that. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I would be open to In Mouth of Madness because that was a movie oh, that yeah. I only discovered about two years ago because when it came out, everyone that I knew said it Do sucked. you read Sutter Kane? I do know. But uh, everybody's like, ah, oh, it's not very good. It's not very good. So I never saw it. It has its it. problems, but it's, it's crazy fun. And then, uh, I don't know. It was like, I think when Stream Factory announced that they were doing a deluxe edition of it, it was free on Hulu. So I was like... I'm going to watch it on Hulu just to check the movie out because I'm like, I've never seen it. I should give it a chance. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like this wonderful gem of a movie that like it was like a gift from John Carpenter that I didn't even know existed. And I'm like, OK, so everybody that I was in, like friends with back in the day apparently was wrong about this yeah. movie because it's fantastic. We could do that. And maybe I don't know, like I'd even be all about like talking about vampires, which I know is about to get like it's like that yeah. movie's that movie's ridiculous. I, I, that's one I've ne- never actually seen. <laughs> it's, so it's not great, but it's worthy of talking about. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do a Carpenter Hall like uh, October. That'd be fun. OK, That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'll pick the thing. All right, so the thing. Well, unfortunately, your 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 uh, answers did not align across the board, and we have a bit of a tie. Oh, um, so um, let 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 the listeners tell me what I should be. How about that? All right, so I will tell you that the two two things that you tied for, um, we'll let them choose. Okay. So, so what what was I not? So you were not Captain Crunch. Okay. Uh, and you were not uh, uh, Sunny the Cuckoo who was. <laughs> 
cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I, I don't want to like scar people's top of their, their mouths. I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is like, as an adult, it's like eating a bowl of glass. And I don't feel like I want to represent middle, mental illness incorrectly. So I feel like I that's don't. Fair. I should not be cuckoo for anything other other than <laughs> other than mental stability and emotional. Uh, like I don't know. Um, emotional grounding. That's not the right words, but. I'm cuckoo for people being mentally stable. There you go. Yeah. All right. So the two that you tied for is uh, Diggum. Do you know who Diggum is? Yes. He's the frog. Yeah, who... from the Honey Smacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which uh, I always confuse with the Sugar Smacks, but he's a bear. So That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so Diggum was the first one because you got three answers that were connected to him. And then uh, the other three that you connected the answers to was Frankenberry. Oh, okay. So, you people, you have to tell us which was Paul. Did he end up being Diggum? And I did not account for there being a tie in my <laughs> my system. So uh, he's he's easily thirty three percent or fifty percent. I'm sorry. 33%. I like that this is like an ancestry dot com where it's like I'm I'm sorry. You're fifty percent uh, Diggum and fifty percent Frankenberry. Frankenberry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also I also don't like that the the cookie crisp wizard is not amongst this. Yeah, I, and, well, I only uh, had four to choose yeah. from, and I decided to go with the biggies, you know. Yeah. And I, I I was gonna go with Count Chocula initially, but then I realized that uh, Sunny the Cuckoo was already chocolate. That's true. So. I also feel like I feel like um, whatever the mascot is for French Toast Crunch needs to be represented. I don't know if isn't it just like that. a little French Toast guy. Yeah, probably. I mean, I also left out the honeybee from uh, Honey Bunches of Oats. Not Honey Bunches of Oats. <laughs> like, from uh, Cheerios. Cheerios, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like every every cereal has a mascot. Like, I like was I not the Lucky Charms elf? Was I not them? I I left him out just because I thought the answers that, that, that would be tied to him also, would be that, too much of a giveaway. That feels like a racist thing to say too. Like, how do you feel about red balloons? You know, <laughs> yellow hearts. Yeah, yellow no. hearts. Whatever. Yellow, yellow hearts. stars. <laughs> Jaundice hearts and yellow stars. No. Uh, yeah. So you Blue guys, moons. let me know. You let me know what like what uh, breakfast cereal mascot I should be. If it's grape nuts, that's fine. I don't know, like, or or uh, whatever else you want. Uh, grape uh, nuts is a cereal that I'll buy every once in a while and then forget that it tastes like dirt, and I, then it'll sit there for I a year. And I don't I'll throw mind it grape out. nuts, but the whole problem with grape nuts is like you eat a bowl with all the milk, and you're just like, well, all right, I guess I just ate a sock full of gravel now. I can't, uh, I guess I can't function anymore. Like, I don't mind grape nuts, but they're well, you buy it because it's supposed to be healthy, and then I'm like, you know what, this needs there, sugar. There is no breakfast cereal that's healthy for you. That is the great lie. That, that is the truth. It's not true. Corn flakes is uh, corn flakes. Yeah, it'll stop you from mass. Masturbating, right? That's the whole thing, right? So, because you're just like, oh God, cornflakes, the most plain thing ever, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, no, the whole uh, part of a balanced breakfast, that's bullshit. Like, it's like, you know, like, no, hot it, take. It, it, no it's balanced not hot breakfast. Take. Is it's not, bullshit. It, it, this whole thing is like, there's so many breakfast cereals that are sugary and it's supposed to be like, it, it, it is just a ploy for them to make you eat things that you shouldn't get. But, yeah. however, um, there is a certain creature comfort in breakfast cereals. Right. So like when I was in college, I was always excited whenever there was French toast crunch and like available. Like we had a they had like the big cereal thing over in my cafeteria. Like the my school was so small that there was one cafeteria. I didn't go to a fancy school where there was multiple. But they like you could have breakfast cereal every meal. And there was a bit where I'm like, all I want is French toast crunch. That's mm-hmm. like because, you know, you're 19. Your body doesn't know better. It's like I was eating cereal all the time. It's fine. But then you get like cookie crisp. You're like, this is cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's amazing. It is not healthy for you. 
And shredded wheat, I don't know if that's even beneficial for you. Like, like, do you want wheat by itself or do you want like frosted shredded wheat? I want frosted shredded wheat. Because the regular shredded wheat is like seven times the size. Do you yeah. notice? Like, you're like, oh, there's two hail bays in my bowl. <laughs> Like, I guess I'm eating this now. What am, what am I, a rabbit? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, we've gone over, I believe, in the past, my strong allegiance to the Monsters uh, serials. Not because I'm like, oh, I like horror, but because I just, those are my favorite serials. No, ghosts like, taste better. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, which is why the <laughs> Ghostbusters serial was so popular in the 80s. Um, but uh, there's that, and then I would say right behind those is probably Fruity Pebbles. No, I... I I am a Cocoa Pebbles fan. I just like it is. But the problem with the Pebble cereals is that they're great for a minute and then eventually you're eating scabs. That's what happens. It gets Jesus. soggy. I've never thought of it that way. Thank you for ruining Fruity Pebbles for me. <laughs> you're like, oh, is that a raspberry scab? It tastes wonderful. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, you guys let me know what cereal I should ma- be a mascot of. And I did not give you great options here. So, because I'm just shitting all over. Like, maybe Honey Bunches of Oats. Maybe not. You know. Um, who knows? Like, I'm just trying to think of other breakfast cereals that like were like a big thing for a minute and then this faded away. Yeah. Um, Overwatch put out like they made a joke. There's a character named Lucio and they made a joke about Lucio O's where it was supposed to be like these like like vanilla frosted like cereal or whatever. They made a joke about it in the game and everyone's like, where are the Lucio O's at? They released as limited run. I can't find that cereal, and I really, really wanted it just because it's a Lucio box of cereal. Mm-hmm. I went to to our local Giant Eagle; they didn't have it. They're like, "Oh, we don't carry it." I'm like, "What is wrong with you? I'm, I don't, I want to buy cereal that's supported by a video game character. Why can I have this?" Yeah, I mean, I bought uh, Oreos that were just Game of Thrones Oreos. <laughs> it's like it's Game of Thrones Oreos. Who will, ru- who will rule the Iron Throne? diabetes all right so anyway all right um that's going to do it for us this week uh steve is back we went two hours it's what we do uh next week we're going to be digging into the amazon prime original series good omens steve has not read the book i've read the book multiple times that is based upon the neil gaiman terry uh terry pratchett book i adore this book so much every time i own this book i hand it off to somebody and i never get it back Mm. so i keep buying it again just with the, the knowledge that I'm giving it to somebody, I'll never see it again. Nice. So it's a six-hour miniseries. It's on Amazon Prime. If you guys are subscribed to that, check it out. It has David Tennant, Michael Sheehan. Uh, John Hamm is in it. Um, mm. Like, There's a ton of people that are in this. I cannot wait to talk about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. I I have really no knowledge of it, so I'm looking forward to being it's the end the of the world one again. Like I don't know what this is. It's the end of the world, but a lot of fun. But okay. how about that? So, all right, that's gonna do it for us this week. Have have a great week. Uh, if you've not watched Ma, I we probably ruined parts of it. But if you listened to that conversation, go watch Ma. Go give your money uh, to that film. Support uh, weird, low budget horror. It's and, a lot of fun. It, and that's coming out in the summer. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like this movie would have normally been released, like, in, like, March or something. And, like, we're or, like, maybe, and, like, September, October. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah. Go go support Ma. Uh, she'll appreciate it. And she won't fill you full of dog blood. That's, like, At if least, you support her. Yeah. Yeah. So Not that you know of. 